0: Liza P is finally here, and thanks to a good review embargo as well as early access, I can say that the reviews... Are a bit mixed. After three to four hours in the game myself, I can actually see why many are split on this Pinocchio-based Souls-like. With environments, movement, and an aesthetic that many saw Bloodborne baked into it, this game was bound to struggle against expectations, especially with games like Elden Ring coming out last year. Many people come into Souls games with lots of expectations, and I think Souls games in general are often guilty of of dealing in tropes, themes, and mechanics that ought to be questioned, or at the very least refined and evolved so i wanted to do a quick review roundup with you i'm grabbing a strong score a very good score a low score and then one that is sort of in between then i will also share my own impressions with the game over the weekend overall i enjoyed my time with it but i can definitely see why people are landing on a mixed sort of spectrum with lies of p now i put all the good information right here at the beginning of the video so you don't have to go searching for it make sure you hit subscribe and the bell button so you don't miss my live shows Lies of P was a highly anticipated game this year for a variety of reasons. It's compelling art style, unique twist on the classic story of Pinocchio, and everyone sort of waiting for a Bloodborne 2 remaster or Bloodborne game in general. But the feedback and the reviews surrounding the game are a bit mixed. Myself, I spent about four hours in the game and I'm still unsure if I feel the draw to dive back in. I'm going to explain more as we look at a couple of the reviews. So that's what I want to do first. I want to do a bit of a review roundup. There is a 9.5 that we're going to be looking at. There is somebody that gave it a 7 and then a score that is a 2 out of 5. So needless to say there is not a lot of agreement here amongst the people reviewing it. Then I do want to share my own thoughts and my own impressions of the game. I've not played enough of the game to give a formal review but my input and my feelings line up with some of the things that I read that were on the more negative side of things while also admitting that I really enjoyed aspects of the game. I actually want to go back in. There are elements of the game that I think shine rather brightly. So first, let's just do the review roundup. As it stands right now, Liza P has an 81 on Metacritic, and based what I'm seeing and hearing, I imagine it might actually drop into the high 70s on Metacritic once more outlets review it, because I think currently you're mainly dealing with those who are given early access and codes. Only about 40 or so outlets have reviewed it, and as more pile on, I don't know if holding on to that 81 will last so let's start with the strongest scores that i saw game informer gave the game a 9.5 wesley leblanc is the one who reviewed it from game informer and has played the game on playstation 5 for the review now the reviewer admits he was a bit skeptical about sort of using pinocchio for the story, and for the game. But ultimately concluded that, quote, spinning the tale of Pinocchio into everything Liza P. encompasses is commendable and it works, especially within the confines of a Souls-like. Now, while the combat is familiar to a Souls game, LeBlanc felt that the added mechanics and the layers like the Legion arm and even the grindstone, it added good value and uniqueness to the game. He also enjoyed how it was implemented over time. He said the following, I love the." pace at which Neo is introduced these mechanics as it deepened what I could do in combat at just the right moments when I thought I was done learning. Most of the reviews seem to agree that the game is also good looking, so it's not just that the combat's enjoyable or that there's nice mechanics to use, but many people agree that the game is... is good looking game. I enjoyed the aesthetics myself. Game Informer echoed this by saying, save for a few areas, Liza P is gorgeous and unique, brimming with the energy of industry in the puppet infested Krat. Now beyond just looking pretty, LeBlanc seems to have had no issues with performance on the PS5 as well. I didn't have any issues myself, I favored frame rate. I didn't notice any stutters or hitches, and he said the following, It helps that Liza P. runs exceptionally well and looks stunning while doing it. My PlayStation 5 Captures folder is full of screenshots from this game. I know a game is good, and I know it's good looking when I'm constantly sort of stopping and looking at the stunning environments to try to line up and get a good shot. And there were a couple of times even in my very limited play with the game, three or four hours isn't much... Even in that limited play session, there were a couple of times I was like, oh man, this would make a great screenshot. Now, LeBlanc had high praise for the bosses as well. And he said that bosses are good fun and relatively easy, like much of the game, but there are very few extremely difficult ones that took me upwards of two dozen attempts to take down. Most are highly memorable, both in design and how they were seemingly in my head, calling my moves before I even pressed the button. The final boss is an excellent skill check of everything learned in the prior 40 hours. So 40 hours is a pretty good chunk of time for a game like this, especially given that this is their first outing as a Souls game. I think that's commendable. I think that's a very good size. Anybody looking to get this game, I think that is a very, very good length. I think longer than that can get a bit much for games like this. So if anybody thinks that's not long enough, I'd be curious as to why they think that. I think 40 is pretty good. He ultimately concluded that... I struggled to pull myself away from Lies of P even when it had me fuming. It delicately balances the fun of a Souls-like with the challenge the genre demands and only falters a few times. So you can see why Game Informer gave it a 9.5. He gives it a 9.5. That's like the highest score I could find, okay? Seemingly, he had very little issues with the game and enjoyed it very much. Now I want to look at more of a middle-of-the-road review. PCGamesN.com gave the game a 7, and it was written by Lauren Bergen. Now, Wesley LeBlanc from Game Informer also, not just Liza P, but in the past, reviewed Elden Ring and gave high praise for it. Okay, so that could be one of the reasons he just fell in love with this game because he has familiarity with the genre. He loved Elden Ring. Lauren has not reviewed any Souls games that I could find, so that could be playing a role with the middling score. Maybe it just didn't, you know, vibe with her, you know, Folks that end up playing and reviewing games like this sometimes may just not really connect with the gamer vibe, and some of that just could be like, I don't play a lot of Souls games, right? I don't think there was a, a difficulty issue with her review. It just seemed some of the things she's going to point out might might be because of that, right? I think it's helpful for you to know that you got a guy who really praised Elden Ring who enjoyed Liza P. you have somebody who didn't review Elden Ring being like, eh, it's a 7, okay? Knowing that someone who enjoyed one or maybe didn't really play the other, I think that can be helpful in sort of gauging, is this review more helpful for you, whether or not you should play the game? Lauren thought that the game looked good, but she did have issues with how the human characters look. She said that the human characters are vaguely upsetting to look at. I can say in my limited time of the game, the human characters are very mannequin-esque they're somewhat lifeless. I don't think they're worthy of criticism, though. I think they do their job. Generally, in games like this, that they, we're not looking for, like, lifelike photorealistic engagements with the NPCs. They usually just sort of stand there and, you know, deliver messages to you or let you shop, okay? She also felt that the difficulty was manageable, and I feel that's a theme that a lot of the reviews looked at. Nobody is saying that this game is overtly challenging or difficult. She said, these encounters are hard but seldom overly punishing, and And you'll rarely feel like you've hit a brick wall. And she went on to say that, quote, balance is essential in any game, but it's at the core of Souls-likes. Liza P manages to tread that line across a plethora of different bosses, and it's genuinely impressive. So again, that's one of the high marks I noticed in the reviews. It's one of the high marks I give the game is the bosses themselves. People give that high praise. But also, there's a consistent theme emerging here. This game is not significantly difficult. This isn't like a an older Souls game that's going to kick you all the way down the stairs. Now, one point of criticism that she did have, though was the weapons themselves she said what is disappointing though is that some of the games coolest weapons feel a bit pointless now she went on to go into detail about the non-main weapons they're either not effective or they require so much stamina that their use is very specific so she thought it was great that there was other weapons but she was like their use is so specific they just don't show up all that much maybe she wanted a little bit more variety there now after praising the weapon combining and the dismantling she did express some frustration with humanity elements of the game that wasn't explained all that well and it really didn't seem to make a big difference. The other reviews I looked at had similar thoughts about the choices you make not really impacting the outcome of the game. Now, she continued with a gameplay criticism. She says, It's also frustrating that you have to return to Hotel Krat anytime you want to upgrade your character. I echo this. I ran into the same problem. I was like, what in the world? So there's these things called Stargazers. You just saw him standing at one. Okay, the Stargazer is basically your bonfire or your site of grace. And you can use this to fast travel back to the hotel And that's what you have to do anytime you want to level up. So I did this in Dark Souls 3. I actually forgot that this was how Dark Souls 3 worked because Elden Ring changed this. Elden Ring made it to where you could sit at a site of grace and level up because it's just a needless step. If you're going to let me fast travel back to the person that can level me up and I have more than enough of the game's currency to level my character, well, then just let me do it at the actual location. Let me do it actually at the Stargazer. I don't need to fast travel. So again this is one thing that I think is is a valid criticism. One of the reviews we're going to read in a moment talks about just sort of lifting things from the old games and not really questioning them. Overall, Lauren felt the difficulty and the punishment was fair, but also didn't seem to think that the game was hitting the upper levels of quality. So it wasn't that it's a bad game or or an exceptionally good game. It just sort of lands in the mid. So the seventh score, I think, is sort of reflective of her more mediocre response to the game. It didn't seem like the game was too hard or too difficult, which I think sometimes people assume that, right? If a Souls game gets a bad review or a more middling review people are like oh it's probably a skill issue she didn't seem to have any issue with the game like she she said it wasn't really that hard that's actually echoed by a lot of the reviews that are out there i felt her review was fair and it just landed in the more non impressed category sometimes a seven is seen as a bad score but sometimes it just means that the game is not amazing or excellent and it's more in the middle of the road lastly we need to look at vg247 they are the outlet that gave it a two out of five okay two out of five that's pretty low all right 2 out of 5 is is not a particularly strong score, alright? The title of their review is, One of 2023's most frustrating games is a hard sell, even on Game Pass. So that's a pretty, that's pretty scathing, okay? That's, that's pretty harsh. And this is just the first boss. This is not spoiler territory. I'm not going to show any spoilers. This is a really fun boss, by the way. I really, really enjoyed uh, this fight. Now, the review from vg247 was written by sharif saeed and he gave elden ring five out of five stars and he also gave four out of five stars for jedi fallen order so this is not somebody who's bucking up against the difficulty of this game it's not too hard for him you know if he's given five out of five to elden ring and a four out of five to jedi fallen order he's familiar with games that have punishing combat okay and the review is pretty harsh all right the byline actually reads and says a lot of games miss the mark as often as they deliver but few are as mundane as lies of p okay now keep in mind He's also written tips for new players for Lies of P and Souls veterans. He also has one that praises one of the features in Lies of P. So if you die in this boss fight, and then you gotta run all the way back to that door, it's like a fog door, just like Dark Souls, your Souls, right, your, your Ergo, is outside of the room. So you don't have to, like, go in the room and hope that it's not in an awkward position. He thought that was a good change. I think that's generally a good change. They also make the Ergo work a little bit differently. Like, if you take damage it'll slowly decrease, so, like, on your run back, you gotta try to, like, avoid getting hit, you know? You can't just, like, run back by the skin of your teeth barely survive and get there like as you get hit along the way you're going to be losing some of it so i especially however liked this tidbit and what he said he says if you've ever played a souls like you know that the worst of them tend to lift elements whole cloth from the better ones and from soft zone work without justifying their existence or really understanding the circumstances that birthed them in the first place I really resonate with this, okay, especially with the one thing I already mentioned, like having the fast travel back to level up, like why why would we not even question that reality? Do we really need to constantly go back and hear the girl saying the same line every time about how she's going to help you level up, right? For me, no good reason could be given as to why you're doing that, other than it's just been directly lifted from Dark Souls. Well, they did that, they did that way in Dark Souls, so we need to do the same thing. I think Elden Ring proves you can evolve beyond things like this. Elden Ring had the statues so that if you died fighting a boss, it would just put you right back there instead of being like, well, I gotta hike through 18 different layers of an area or or enemies because I didn't find a site of grace or something. They also allow you to level up at the sites of grace. I think that just proves that we don't have to keep doing things the way that we always have. Now, he also felt that the level design was not very strong. He said much of the game's level design lacks inspiration. And he also echoes what Lauren said about the humanity aspect of choices and impacting the ending. He said, The game suggests that your decisions change the ending, but the choices I've come across all seem perfunctory, leading to the same outcome and only changing the dialogue. I'll be honest... I don't think that's a huge problem, okay? Nobody, I don't think, got into Liza P expecting to have some massive, multi-ending RPG where if you cuss out this person and become friends with this person over here, it's going to completely change the game. I get it. I get that there were sort of different endings in Elden Ring and people like that. But I don't think that's a deal breaker for this game. I do think, though, when games put that in, they should be cognizant of the fact that the minute you put that in your game, people are going to have expectations that it better be impactful. If it's not going to be impactful, maybe don't do it, would be probably my advice to developers. Now, when it comes to combat, he took issue with player incentivization within the systems. And this is when he misunderstands something in the game which given his experience right here is a great sampling of it. You just saw the thing I'm about to talk about. He gets to do the stagger and then you get to do some big strong strong crazy attack on the enemy. You see how much, you know, damage that did to the boss. So he he misunderstands something about that and it leads to some criticism. He says in Lies of P you can dodge negating all damage. Invincibility frames are generous, so blocking is immediately made redundant especially because it also costs stamina as well as health. That's not necessarily true. Blocking does cost health, but it's only when you don't perfect block. And I like this mechanic because I think it's creative. So let's say that you do not perfect block, and you're in a more mundane, more smaller fight, and you take a little chunk of health damage. Well, the red is grayed out because you can earn it back. So if you fail on your perfect block, you start swinging and you gain that health back from the smaller enemies. I like this because you don't experience this death by a thousand paper cuts in the open areas. Because minor mistakes are things that you can sort of course correct on, and not constantly have to heal or feel like, well, I was unfamiliar with this enemy, and now I have to restart. They give you mechanics within the fights themselves to sort of create that give and take. And also, it is risky, okay, to do the blocking as a pause uh, as opposed to the dodging. However. The mechanics of even blocking is deeper than he said. When you get a perfect block, you don't take any damage, All right, And when you get enough perfect blocks, you put them in a staggered status, like you saw in the footage, their health bar goes white. And now, you are once again in this cool, sort of incentivized position of, if I land a really big attack on them, it's a charged attack... That's when you stagger them to the ground and then you can go up and do the crazy flurry. It puts like some slashes. It even shows you where to stand. You noticed in this little sequence that that's how it worked, right? He basically successfully does enough perfect blocks and then the bar goes white and then he has to land a charged attack. So now the enemy is is susceptible to it, and then he goes down. So he actually timed it perfectly. He was already doing the charge attack when the health bar went white, and then he gets to do the flurry there, okay? So he doesn't seem to understand that. He's making this sort of like, oh, there's no real reason to block. I actually think the blocking is quite cool. There's this immediate incentivized feeling of... Now that I've got the white bar, I got to attack them really quickly with my heavy attack. Well, guess what that does? It makes you stupid, and it makes you greedy. You will make huge mistakes in fights because that white bar, you're like, oh, it's an opportunity to get a ton of damage, and then you'll make mistakes. Just like when you're trying to earn back some of the health that you lost from a non-perfect block, it creates this sort of on the fly sunk cost that will make you make bad decisions you've really got to navigate and make those proper decisions so for him to say that it's not properly incentivized i think it's a failure for him to understand the actual give and take in the combat itself i do think this is one of the things that should be praised it's creative it takes on a whole nother flow than other Souls games that I have played. I've played D- Demon Souls, I've played Dark Souls 3, I've played Sekiro, I've played Elden Ring, i played Jedi Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor. These are all games that have different varying degrees of Souls-like influence or Souls-like style of combat, and I think Lies of Peace should be commended for the innovation that they bring to the moment-to-moment fights, because every fight's going to be a little bit different. If you heavily lean on perfect blocks and you pull a bunch of them off, you can completely screw it up by falling falling. prey to being like, oh, their health bar is white, I need to do a charge attack. I really, really like that element in the fighting, and it seems completely lost on this reviewer, okay? So, yes, dodging is effective and safer, but it has less potential payoff. You're not going to be getting those staggers nearly as often. I'm going to come back to this in a moment, because he brings up the stagger. Again, I don't think he understands how it works, okay? As he notes, later in the game, you do need to be able to perfect block... Because dodging is not a one-size-fits-all answer. In In this clip, you'll notice when the boss flashes red, that is an attack that you cannot dodge or you cannot block it. You have to perfectly block those big red attacks. Those create, I think, really cool moments where... You better put up or shut up. You're either going to perfectly block it or you're going to get obliterated. And the reason you can't dodge it is your iframes don't count against the red attack. That's another unique thing brought to the game. Most games that do the, here comes the red attack, are attacks that cannot be parried, so you must dodge. This is different. This is, nope, here comes a red attack. You can only perfectly block it. And it sort of puts you into that, well... I better get good at this, or I'm gonna get I'm gonna get my head you know taken off. And I do think the Perry window is I wouldn't know if I I don't know if I'd say it's generous, but I would say that it is reasonable. It's not I don't think it's difficult uh, to master, and so that's going to come into play in those boss fights. Now he did take issue with the game being sluggish and this I generally have to agree with, there are times where I feel like I just can't move fast enough the bosses will be extremely spry and extremely quick and I'm like I I feel slow compared to them I never like in a game where I feel like I can't match the speed of the enemy, that's always an irritation, I don't think you have to make me as fast as every enemy, but I at least need to have some lateral movement that is snappy so that if they're gonna bum rush me or jump at me, like I can get out of the way, and there are times where I feel a bit sluggish, and he gives a really good example of when it feels really bad. He says, the sluggishness is best represented in your knockback animation. The time it takes you to get back up after getting knocked on your butt is enough to eat another hit on Wake Up. It's infuriating. Now, this, I always agree with. Anytime a game makes me scream, like, get up! Like, I'm screaming at my character to get up. What are we doing? Horizon Forbidden West was notorious for this in its vanilla state. Aloy, like, took a nap. Anytime she got bumped to the ground, she just laid there. They lowered the time that she lays there because it was so frustrating. It is rather lengthy. In Liza P, there are times where you feel like you kind of get stuck in a stun lock. A lot of the times, the enemies would disengage when I would get knocked down because I think maybe they know, oh, you know, we our our knockdown is lengthy, so you know, don't stun lock or don't put them into a damage cycle that is something that can't be mitigated. I would like to see them probably address this. I never like when you make a minor mistake and you're like, well, I'm on the ground now. I'm, I'm just laying there. It's like, okay, you got hit once. That's a little extreme, okay? So they might address this, maybe not. Now, I do need to point out again that he doesn't seem to understand the stagger, okay? Because he brings it up again. He brings it up again. And I think this is a huge element of the game's combat that if you don't understand, you're really going to get frustrated with how it flows and how it works. He says, There's Stagger, which is meant to reward you for landing successful hits by opening your enemy up for a major attack that deals heavy damage. So again, that's him misunderstanding how Stagger works. That's not how it works. That's one of the ways that it works. It's a lot easier, I found, to open them up for Stagger and the big damage opportunities by using Perfect Block and he wasn't doing that all that often so it sounds like maybe he was relying so much on dodge that this wasn't happening now he goes on to say in order to trigger that stagger however you need to land a charge special attack the window is so narrow and the attack animation so lengthy however that i only managed to land it by luck again i don't know why he's saying that i played for three or four hours i don't consider myself to be an exceptional player i'm just a pretty good player and i pulled this off a ton of times That's probably because I loved Sekiro and my favorite thing in a game is parrying. It's like one of my all-time favorite things to do. So in my mind, maybe that's why I was getting more of those opportunities. I will admit, I will admit The timing is narrow. It is, and it can be frustrating, but I think that's one of the elements of the game that is so good. They make you make stupid decisions because you want to capitalize on that stagger potential, and you've got to figure it out. Every boss is different, so it's like, okay, once I get their health bar to white status from perfect blocks, what do I need to do to position myself to land the heavy charged attack? You might have to roll behind them. You might have to figure it out. There might be times where you just can't because they're in an attack pattern, or maybe they're even in an enraged status. Because like you get so far in the fights and they changed, right? It's like phase two. You might not be able to do it in those times. Okay. So the fact that he only pulled it off like by luck again tells me that maybe the flow of the game just wasn't working for him. He wasn't really, you know, lining up with how the game essentially uh, essentially works. Okay. I think it's super satisfying, I think it's awesome, I pulled it off a bunch, every time I pulled it off, it's you just do so much damage, especially to the more mini-roaming world bosses, it's great to use on them, okay, and you have to keep this in mind when he criticizes the combat and the systems, okay. Then he discusses the Legion arm. So the Legion arm is like your arm that you can like attach stuff to and get different abilities, all right? Now, I appreciate, this is what he says, he says, I appreciate the effort that went into all those systems, but the core combat just isn't good enough, nor the encounter design interesting enough to warrant doing anything but sticking with the most efficient, least aggravating combo. But again, he wasn't using the game's most effective mechanics in combat, like the perfect block and the stagger. He likely missed out on how all this is supposed to flow together. I didn't play enough to really counter what he's saying, but the foundational misunderstanding I think makes it hard to take his criticism of combat all that seriously. Now, he ultimately concluded by saying, there's some enjoyment to be found in Lies of P. Its action is competent, but it lacks the polish and stir of its contemporaries. Its atmosphere can be engrossing, but its hod of themes and aesthetics you've seen before that never rises above the familiar. I was never impressed by it, and I never stopped questioning the point of these entire endeavor throughout my entire time with it. Of the entire endeavor, sorry. So... That's pretty much the spectrum of reviews. You've got somebody giving it a 9.5, you've got somebody giving it a 7, and then you have somebody giving it a 2 out of 5. Keep in mind, he played Elden Ring, he played Jedi Fallen Order, I just don't think he clicked with the combat. Now, what do I think? Quickly, let me give you my thoughts before the monologue comes to a conclusion. I think the game starts off really well. It gradually sets up instances where you get punished for bad timing or for too much aggression, right? Like any typical Souls game, I think they balance that pretty well. Like the opening is sort of like, hey, if you do this or you push too hard or you, you know, you get too greedy in a fight, you're really going to be in trouble. You're going to take a lot of damage. I feel like they did a pretty good job with that. The earlier runbacks are fairly short. They're fairly manageable. They're fairly contained. The first proper boss that I just showed you a little bit ago is super fun. I think it's great. I think it sets up the game rather well. Like, once you get to the hotel, it's sort of like the classic, you know, thing that happens in a Dark Souls game. All of a sudden, you have this area to sort of explore and fight. It's pretty straightforward. I don't think there's anything groundbreaking here, but it's creative. I think the, set, the setting and the tone and even the opening story, again, I think is pretty much... You know, something we've kind of seen before, but I actually think the story is good enough to create this tone within the world. As previously mentioned, the voice acting is good, sometimes not great. That was something that Lauren brought up, and I don't think that's a deal breaker. I don't think that's a focal point, okay? Once you get to the hotel, just make sure you talk to everybody, okay? There's some stuff that you're going to get, and you don't want to go out into the world without that stuff, all right? They don't really draw attention to that, because it's kind of like a classic Souls game. They're not really telling you anything. You just kind of have to figure some of this stuff out on your own. Now, once I got out into the open, like this area, it's pretty standard Souls-like affair. You've got wandering passages, these tight corners, everything's sort of interconnected. You're looking for shortcuts. But the Souls tropes really start stacking up, and they stack up quick. I lost count how many times a hiding enemy around a blind corner jumped me from behind, or how many times a ranged character was in just the right spots to make a basic fight irritating, or how an elevated ranged enemy would just be throwing down endless barrages of explosions, or how many times I got stuck on a corner or an object, or trying to swing and you hit a hallway or a wall because you're basically in a closet and the enemies don't seem to be encumbered by that. At all. These sort of all happened in the first hour. (laughs) Like, these are all tropes of Souls games. These are all things that can make a game difficult to enjoy. Okay, they happen in very close succession. The fourth or fifth time, somebody surprised me from behind. I was like, really? How many times are we going to do this? Like, ha ha, it's funny, we baited you and hit you from behind but you don't need to do it like every 20 feet, alright? I'm being a little hyperbolic, but it did seem to be dialed in quite a bit it's sort of like had me rolling my eyes like okay you're just doing things other souls games have done right it's like when your kid starts copying what you say it's funny the first time or two but then it just gets old after that all right i know this is not an indictment of the whole game but this is the runway to get into the game i would have preferred if they leaned away from the souls games tropes and maybe just you know got more got more innovative in their own way. It just starts to stack up very fast, as I said. As is customary with Souls games, you learn the layout and the runbacks become a test of how many enemies that you can skip because you don't want to keep fighting them. Beyond that, it can get quite mazy and unclear where you should go. I eventually killed a mini-boss and I got a key, but I couldn't figure out where I was supposed to go. And given all the things I just mentioned prior, exploration feels like a drag because you know all those Souls tropes are waiting for you around every corner. In general, I think the combat and the mini-bosses and the boss fights make up for some of this. I genuinely wanted to keep going. I also like how the world had these roaming mini-bosses and they didn't have like the classic name and health bar at the top of the screen. And if you clear them out, then they're not there anymore. And that feels very satisfying. It makes the world feel like you're having a bit of an impact on it. Overall, I could see this game being both inviting and enjoyable for Souls-like fans who probably expect everything but they're not going to be as annoyed by it as I was. They'll say, well, it's a Souls game, after all. Yes, I get it. There's nothing wrong with staying in the lane of the genre, but I feel if the early areas and fights are any indication, the game didn't really branch out or revolve enough for me to sing its high praises. For a first outing, I think this is a great game. And I think that context should be considered. But the challenge of any game like Lies of P and what it faces is twofold. First, this year is incredibly full of very big and good games. And secondly, there's a long history of Souls-likes that they have to kind of go up against, and it just checks a lot of those boxes. For now, I will say that the combat and the boss fights are calling me back to the game. I actually want to go back. That's more than I can say for other games that I've recently put down. And that, I think, is to the developers' credit. I just hope if they decide to make another game like this in the future, they sort of shed the wooden design tropes of the past, and much like their protagonist Pinocchio, they can come into their own a little bit more. So let me give you my thoughts and my conclusion here i think souls games that don't hit the level of prestige and excellence of elden ring are always going to struggle to review well i think the current average scores for lies of p are commendable but you're dealing with two potential challenges with reviewers long-time souls fans are going to say it's either too similar or not as good as older games and less invested souls fans are easily going to get bucked off the horse if the game is too hard I don't think the game's too hard, I think it's just that it's not really innovating on some of the classic Souls tropes. The second thing I want to say is, as far as I can tell, Liza P falls into the easier and the more approachable lane of a Souls-like game. They may end up helping, uh, that may end up helping it in the long run, honestly. A lot of newer fans to the genre, thanks to Elden Ring, may be hungry for a new game to try. I just wonder if all of the things I got annoyed by will make for a quick exit, and anyone unfamiliar with why those things are in the game are just going to find them to be annoying. I could see the obvious inspiration and even the hat tip to Dark Souls and how these things were designed and how often they seemed to happen. It doesn't make it less annoying to get jumped from behind or have somebody above me just spamming down on me. It's like, I've had this experience in other Souls games before, you don't have to do the same thing that they did. A newer player, a player who doesn't really know that that's inspired by Souls games is going to say, well that was really cheap or that was really unfair my conclusion is this liza p will hopefully be successful enough commercially to fund either dlc or another outing the art style the combat and the bosses alone may make it almost immediately iconic and recognizable with some more funding and some more time they could make a very strong sequel especially if they focus on innovation in the areas that i found to be a little too copy-paste from older souls games For now, I think the devs can hold their heads high. They stepped into a genre and a landscape that is as tough as the bosses and the games within it. And as far as I can tell, the game is holding its own. And for any game in 2023, that in and of itself is an achievement. And that's the show open. Thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, That is, I can't mute my mic. Hang on one second. There we go. That is the show open. That is my thoughts. That is other people's thoughts on Lies of P. It's landing in sort of a middle lane. Like, I don't think that that's worrisome or bad. I think this is pretty much a, hey, that's a good first outing. Good for you. You're getting, you know, sevens and eights. You're getting some nines, you know. But, again, my experience with it was... I just, I, I don't like the, <laughs> I don't like the Souls tropes, you know, because I know why they're there. It's like, oh, haha, you jumped me. Like, I didn't know there was somebody around the corner. Like, oh, haha, there's a guy up on a ledge just raining down bombs on me while I fight enemies down on the ground. Like, ooh ha And then it's like, oh, yeah, I, I don't know where to go. It's mazy and confusing. It's like, yeah, those things start to stack up. Okay. <laughs> They start to stack up. And I don't think that they're bad things, but I just would have liked it to not be like that. Yo, see Lou coming in with five months of membership. Let's get the daily goal up. I got to reset this. And just a, a reminder to you guys we have some new ways of showing you all the various things that you guys can get when you go crazy with the members we just celebrated fight night recently that's the current member count about 2500 3000 unlocks fight night we just did fight night this uh, last week so if you want to unlock it for next month we got to hit that goal and madam and i played mortal Kombat one against each other and each incremental one goes up there's also a fright night where we'll play a scary game that's 3500 and then we have game night that's when we play a game with you oh this is an into the am shirt i didn't update the shirt command um tommy says it would get boring first one of the day there it is han shot first and so did you thank you so much the first gifted member of the day thank you very very much for that joker quinn Starting things off right. These games always lack innovation. Besides the art style being awesome, Liza P is just another copy-paste Souls game. Same old, same old. Well, I don't agree with that. Patrick Q with a single gifted member. Thank you so much for doing that, Patrick. And our little pop-outs should go away on their own now. We got a whole new thing set up for that. I don't agree with that, Keeg. I think that's way overstated. I do not think this is just same old, same old. I think the combat in and of itself introduces entirely new systems that really makes it fun. It really does. Like it's completely new and fresh. I've I've never played a game that does that. Like there's this investment of hey you you've you've gotta get your health back. You failed to block, right? You've gotta you've gotta try to stun this guy because you you just did enough blocking on him and now he's got a white bar for a little bit of time around his health and you gotta land a big hit. Like I actually think there's some very, very cool things in the combat. That you've not seen before, beard and hair on point. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I got a little, I got a little trimmed up. I got a little sun as well at the soccer games on uh, on Saturday, so I got a little trimmed up. Got it, got it nice and nice and cleaned up here, <laughs> and I, I got a little sun. I got a little bit of sun. Um, by the way, you can dodge the red attacks. It literally says that you can't dodge them. Like you might be able to get out of the way but you can't iframe dodge them. Is It literally says that in the tutorial when it introduces them. Darth Nihilus with a single gifted member. Thank you so much for doing that. That's three members on the day. I appreciate that, man. Three members already. I've done it. Oh, okay. I mean, maybe I misread it, but it said... Red attacks cannot be blocked and they cannot be dodged. They can only be perfect blocked. Now, if you know when it's coming, yes, you can get out of the way. It's not like they're going to teleport to you. But the red attack, if you're if you're like close to them and it's like, oh, I'm going to use iframes. No, you can't. It will it the iframes get over it overrode. So. Some attacks you can't dodge. Yeah, yeah. You can physically get out of the way, but you're not actually using the iframes. The combat aspect is from Bloodborne in terms of the losing health and getting it back. Oh, I didn't know that was from Bloodborne. I've never played Bloodborne. Well, does Bloodborne have the once you do so many blocks, you can stun them thing? Because I th- That one guy that gave it a bad score, he didn't even understand how it worked. He was like, "Yeah, there's no real reason to block. Dodging is so much better." And I'm like, "What are you talking about? Like, the perfect blocking is very, very effective. You get a couple of those in a row, and then, they're, and then they have their white. They, they have the white thing around their health, and now you just got to navigate positioning so you can land the charge hit." It, there's there's a really really good song song and dance in that. I think it's baked in rather well. Zynthos with a single gifted member. Thank you so much, Zynthos. Appreciate that. The next one will be a twenty bomb layup. Thank you so much. Bloodborne is closer to classic souls. That's the rally mechanic in Bloodborne. Bloodborne had the opposite rally. How does rally work? Yeah, iframes is invincible frames. Meaning, like, if you're rolling on the ground and he hits the ground right there, it doesn't register the hit because you're invincible during that animation. There are frames of the animation. There are frames where you are invincible. So it's like, not invincible, not invincible, and then it's like, okay, boom. So, like, frames three, four, five, and six, you're invincible. And then once you get to frame seven and you're coming out of it, you're no longer invincible. I'm, ma- I'm not giving you a very, you know, a, a specific explanation. That's just kind of technically how it works. Like, as you go to roll, like frames one and two, you're not invincible yet. But once you're on the ground, like once you get to frame three, then like four, five, six, you're invincible. You know, six, five, four, three. Like, if you just play that back and forward, back and forward that entire time you're down there, you're invincible. But then once you pop back up in frame seven, you're no longer invincible. That's essentially how it works. Liza P is annoying. What's annoying about it? I got annoyed by the... I got annoyed by the maziness. Like, I'm not kidding you. I turned it off because it was like, just tell me where to go. Why do we have to do this thing of like, it's mazy and you have no idea where to go and you're having to like, you're having to like, run past enemies that are annoying or throwing stuff. It's like, I don't know I feel like I remember I had that realization in Dark Souls 3 where people like just run past the enemies so you create this incredibly intricate environment and all these really challenging and frustrating enemies and then you basically incentivize me to just run past everything because well now I just need to figure out where to go like oh I got my key good morning feed good to see you in the chat I got my key well, now I've got to, you know, I now I've got to figure out where I'm supposed to go and I'm just running past everything hoping I don't get, like, cornered or snagged. I don't know. I feel like we've done that enough. I feel like we've done that enough. We, we I, How many games do I have to play where I'm doing that? Like, the combat's cool. Boss fight's cool. The mechanics within the boss... I'm sorry, the mechanics within the fighting is cool. But then we got to do this mazy, no direction you know, you're running past all the enemies just because you're just trying to get to the next area. As soon as I start to get into that content loop, I'm like, man, I've done this before. I beat it in about 38 hours, and that is my main complaint, is the max stru- structure or somewhat linear experience, especially when you get further in it's a maze. Yeah, I just don't find it all that it's satisfying. It's like, oh, yeah, the door's over here, They I completely missed it. It's like, is that... Like, is that satisfying? Like, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm a late, I'm a late comer to Souls games, right? I'm a Johnny come lately. Like, okay, yeah, I'm way late to Souls games. So I don't have this like relationship or nostalgia with them. So when they start drawing in some of those things, I'm like, bro, why? Just tell me where to go. I ran into that in Salt and Sanctuary. Because everywhere you go, you're getting obliterated. Everywhere you go, you're getting attacked. So exploration is just not exactly an enjoyable experience. So then you just end up running past everything. You know, Bloodborne's like that too. It's just personal. Bloodborne's so good. Better than Elden Ring? Well, I mean that's obviously a matter of preference. I liked how Elden Ring respected my exploration a lot more. I didn't feel as if I actually did not feel like Elden Ring ever got that mazy. I just never felt like it did. I think Elden Ring spoiled me in a lot of ways. You get like boss checkpoints, so you don't have these painful runbacks. You you you. It's not nearly as mazy at all. I also feel like Souls. I'm not Souls. Sorry, Elden Ring. Elden Ring basically said, if you want to explore, there's maze areas, and there's, like, cool things to find and rewards to find, but you didn't need to, like, solve the maze to progress. Do you see the difference? I don't know. I think it's a preference thing. I'm not saying that they shouldn't do it. I'm not saying that it's a, that it's, oh, hey, how dare you? I'm just kind of saying, really? You know? I kill everything the first time through an area, but I'm not killing everything every time precisely. This was actually a really fun fight here. Bobby on the beat with his big old Billy Club. Um, really, really fun fight. Once I finessed the blocking and was able to get the big stagger on him, it felt really, really good. That's another thing that I feel like the guy, the, the, the two out of five, the VG247 review... I feel like that was the thing he was missing out on is when you start finessing a fight like this and you get those perfect blocks and then you get the white bar, see the white bar around his health, like, he didn't really capitalize on it, and that's okay. But if you do it through perfect blocks, it's really enjoyable. It really, really is. Like, you really feel like, oh, yeah, let's get the coffee. Let's get the coffee in the shot. Uh, The... Light Roast should be here this week. I believe it's supposed to be in town here on the 22nd. So we'll be able to take Light Roast orders uh, again. Elden Ring just came out. Give the game five years or something for other Souls games to copy the formula. That's a good point, Jack. Yo, good morning, Kyle. How are you? Liza P has a lot of shortcuts. Just got to find them. Right. Casual Grinder. I am saying I'm kind of over that. Right? I think one of the one of the thing, oh it's shipping on the 22nd, not arriving. Yeah. Okay. I shouldn't even mention it. I should just be like the light row still be here when they feel when it feels like freaking showing up, right? It's like yeah, the train will be here tomorrow and the sign never changes. It just always says that it'll be here tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow never comes. Um you need to play Bloodborne. No, I don't I, I don't want to play it. Like I I stopped playing Tears of the Kingdom for the same reason. I can't play 30 FPS games. It, it does my head in. I refuse. I the Blood, Bloodborne's going to get a remaster. I'll play it then. I'm I think the issue that I have is I really like the combat. Can I suggest the word labyrinthian instead of mazey? Oh, labr- labyrinthine. I thought it would be, like, Labyrinthian. Is it Labyrinthian or Labyrinthian? Anyways, anyways. I'm going to say Maisy. I don't vibe with it because I don't get satisfaction from it. Does that make sense? If you put me in a boss fight and it's tough and he beats me 17 times and I finally get him and I finally beat him and I finally get his timing down... I take lots of satisfaction from that. When I finally figure out that like, oh, you wanted me to go over here and then there was like a staircase. Dude, like I don't take any satisfaction from that. I'm not like wow, I really I really did it. I really solved the labyrinth, you know, I got to the middle and 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 faced off against the minotaur. I'm just sort of it I don't think there's a lot of satisfaction from it. I think it's more of like a Again, I think it's just a design trope from souls. That's what that's what I felt like the VG247 review was good for. He's like, you just lift whole cloth from the previous games and you're like, yep, yeah, let's just do this again. It's like, why? You don't you don't need to do that every time. Every Souls game doesn't need to be like, figure it out, man. There's 18 winding passages and a cryptic message about finding the water. It's, it's good luck. <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? I'm not trying to bash the game. I've enjoyed Lies of P. I want to go back to it. But there were so many souls tropes in a row that I was like, bro, are you freaking kidding me? The fourth or fifth time I went to do something and some guy jumps me from behind. Like, really? How many times are you going to do this, man? <laughs> and then you got the guy, you know, raining down bombs on you while you're trying to just fight a couple of enemies. It's like, come on, man. Every Souls game has done this. That doesn't mean you have to. <laughs> the best parts of Elden Ring were the legacy dungeons with the maze designs. But even those legacy dungeons, Eugene, I don't feel they were nearly as mazy as as other mazy areas can get. Like, I think, again, my issue with, with Lies of P was, it's it doesn't feel that satisfying to be like, oh, I missed this ladder. I, uh, uh, there's a ladder here that I need to climb up. I, I'm not, again, I'm not making a mountain out of a molehill. I'm saying, I don't find it that satisfying. I'm just sitting here thinking, man, I would just love to get to the next boss. I just want to fight the boss because <laughs> the bosses are cool and the fighting is cool, but navigating mazey areas, I just that's not. I don't enjoy that that much. That's not my. That's not my uh, preference. Mazey designs is just an iconic for Souls games, but let FromSoft do it because they do it so well. Uh, the maze down to Moog was incredibly mazy. It's just not your style. Yeah, yeah. I'm more of the. I want to get to the bosses, which I think that's a really, really strong testament to just how good the game is I want to jump back in because I find the combat the enemies and the bosses to be really enjoyable because there's some there's these roaming bosses they're like mini bosses so that guy that he beat and he looked like a look like a Bobby on the beat like Billy Club carrying police officer from from you know like a British police officer I actually really enjoyed that fight because he was beating the tar out of me and I finally beat him and then he's gone. He's no longer there anymore. And you'll find those, you know, sort of little, um, I just figured out where I'm supposed to go. See, this is the issue. So I got this key and I'm supposed to retread all the way back here and I forgot about this door down here. I forgot about it. Cause I got a key that I can now, I can now open this door and I can go to, I can go to the next area. I just, I just didn't remember where it was, you know, And what that wasn't that hard to figure out. But once you get deep into the, to, to the, to the, the corridors and the ladders and stuff, I was just like, I have no idea where I'm supposed to take this freaking key. So I was like, I go back to the hotel. I'm like, no, this isn't it you know, and then you try to explore a little bit, and people are chasing you, and I'm just like, ah, you know, plus it was getting late, so like, that never helps, right? I was like, yeah, I'm pretty much done, you know, i played enough, I want to, you know, I, I want to I watch a, a TV show with my wife, so you know, I, I turned it off, but I did think that it would be nice to just, you know, have Jiminy, J- J- Jiminy Cricket light up or something when I'm close to it, or give me a little trail of where to go or something, because I'm wandering around. Geppetto tells you what the key is for. I haven't met Geppetto yet. I've not talked to him. So, I didn't have anybody tell me. I found... I I navigated that whole area. I navigated all those ladders, that whole area. I beat a couple of mini-bosses, and all of a sudden, I'm in possession of a key, and I'm like, I can't remember where there was a door that was locked. I found an elevator that had electricity on it, and I found a handful of doors and I don't know where this key goes. I'm not making this a breaking issue. I'm not saying this is a deal breaker, right? But what I am saying is it doesn't land on me the way it lands on, like, Souls-like players. And I think this is important, right? What kind of player are you? My feedback could help you. Do you want to play a game like that? It's not really going to tell you where to go. You might get lost. You might get stuck for a while. You might be having to re-explore an area and deal with frustrating enemies, You know, do you want to do that? Well, maybe you love that, right? Maybe you love Souls games for that reason. Maybe you hate them for that reason. So I think this feedback's valuable. I'm not saying I'm correct. I'm just saying... That's my general. That's my general vibe with games like this. Now I love the combat. I want to be challenged. I want to have like new things to try in the combat, which is why I really liked Liza P. There were new elements to the game. This is actually a really, really good fight to showcase how you can take a very different approach. He keeps getting behind this guy. He's fighting a mad donkey, and he gets behind him to, to do the big to, to to do the big slashes, and it's because I think. It's because this guy... So that's a red attack. So you can get away from them with space, but you can't iframes out of them. He's also using some kind of a big, really, really big, almost like lamp post on his face, whatever weapon the uh, the, the character is using. I also take it personal when they make me heal. That's something that I get mad about. See, he keeps getting behind him, and he gets these big slashes. So you can kind of learn from the way this guy's fighting that, you know, this this fight here is when you're fighting somebody who does these big, huge sweeping swings, you can get behind him. Look how effective that is. Just little side steps. That's almost like a cheat code. Oh! That was pretty, that was pretty slick. I would just keep getting behind him, bro. He keeps going for these big, massive swings. You don't need to. Yeah, there's another one. That's nice. I think that's nice. That's nice rhythm. What are your opinions on the weapon weapon assembly system? I had to read about it. It sounds really cool and it's getting pretty consistent praise. But for me, no. No. Uh that's how I beat the boss in the demo. Oh nice. Mandatory damage from falls is not acceptable. Just me blipping. I don't see any evidence of blipping today. Maybe lower, lower. Rissik comes in with the first five bomb of the day. Thank you so much, Rissik. Taking us to nine on there. We've got a little bit of a ways to go to our first big goal. If you guys want to get us back up in contention for all the cool things that we do on the channel, all the unlocks and all the special segments, we are currently at 2,500 members. And the, uh, the first big goal is 3,000. You're within 500 of that. And that is Fight Night with Madam. That's when we play a game against each other. You missed Fight Night this last Friday. We played Mortal Kombat 1 against each other. It was pretty funny. I don't know. I didn't say fall damage is not acceptable. Somebody in chat said it. Hmm. He won up Donkey Man. He did. I feel like that's what you could do in all the Souls games. Get behind them or just stay clustered to their feet or legs. It depends on the boss. It depends on the boss. Like, I do think, at least in this game, I don't think you can do that every time. I found that block, like perfect blocking was way more... I felt like it was way more effective to lean on perfect blocking. Rissick comes in with another 5-bomb. He's doing his own member train right now. He's like, if we don't get a member train, I'll do one by myself. Thank you, Rissick. I appreciate that so, so much. Putting us one away from a 10-bomb layup at 15. Thank you very much. That's 14 members already. And 10 coming from Rissick. Yeah, you can see here what he's using He's using, hang on, he switched to the, that's a, hang on, it's a electric, electric coil stick handle is what he was using, and oh, so I'm assuming he, he, did he combine that? Devil's cut with the layup, such an easy one to do, such an easy point to score, and he sets it up at 15 out of 25, thank you very, very much. The devs specifically designed in the fall damage, so clearly they thought it was not acceptable but desirable for them. I didn't have an issue with fall damage. There's ladders everywhere to get down. You should play more than the first three hours, which is essentially the demo. Well, that's not true. I mean, I didn't play that far in the original demo, So I got all the way to the hotel, got past the hotel, and then was roaming that initial area and beat some of the first bosses. I want to go back and play more. Today was more about, I gave you a review roundup of official reviews and then I gave my own impressions. And, listen, when reviews are echoing what I'm saying in the first four hours, then, you know, uh, do we fix the coffee alerts? I'll Hang on, that's the wrong one. Um... I don't have coffee alerts in the scene anymore because they weren't working. I think I got rid of them. If you ordered some coffee, I'll definitely shout you out. We're working on a solution for that as well. The thing we were using, it like never worked properly. It worked for like a day and it wouldn't play the sounds. Yeah, we got one coffee order in here and thank you so much. I'm not going to read your full name. Um, Wait, I recognize that name. Red Rhino. Were you Red Rhino on the other platform? Two bags of Dark Roast. Thank you so much. Somebody ordered some coffee. We don't really have... We have this, but that's like... That's basically like once the Light Roast returns, we're going to use that to kind of announce it. But eventually, I'll have some pop-outs for coffee. That's still part of the demo. I mean, I didn't, play the ori- I didn't play the demo that much. Again, today was not about what my review was. I read through three different reviews, a nine and a half, a seven, and a two out of five, and then I gave my own impressions. Oh, that was you. Okay, thanks, Uncle Brada, for ordering some coffee. Like, I said in my opener, I was like, I want to go back and play some more. I think that the combat, I think that the boss fights, they're compelling enough to make me want to keep playing. I actually think it's a good game. Nothing I've said today is, I'm not trying to dissuade anybody from getting it. I'm just saying they really stack up, they really pile on the Souls game tropes. They do. You got to go back here to this this home base and have a really pretty lady level you up. You can't level out in the world. Okay? When you're fighting, you're constantly going to have guys like surprising you and smacking you in the back of the head from behind. You're going to have a perfectly placed range enemy that's like shooting you while you're trying to fight or a range enemy that's above you throwing down bombs while you're trying to fight. It's kind of mazy. You don't really know where to go some of the times. Those things stack backed up so fast in the first like hour. Like once I got out of Hotel Krat, it was like in the first hour, I'm like rolling my eyes. I'm like, "Really? Did you guys do anything that wasn't in a Souls game before?" It was like Souls, 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 Souls. It was like just things lifted right from Dark Souls 3. So, I'm not saying that those are bad things, but I I find them to be a bit of a turn-off. I'm like, "Yeah." You know, I, don't have to do that you can have your own game be its own thing in your own world you know <laughs> you don't <laughs> uh you i i again i am not saying i'm not like bashing it. i'm just like yeah you could have innovated more on that stuff you didn't have to dial all that stuff in you know the robocop enemies in the first zone remind me of tom hanks conductor from polar express She's even in the exact same pose as the Dark Souls 3 Fire uh, Keeper, kind of cringe. I mean, I don't necessarily know if I would call that cringe. I think little hat tips to Dark Souls is totally fine, right? I think you can have little hat tips to Dark Souls. I don't have a problem with that. I don't. For me, it was more of in very quick succession, a lot of the things that I find unappealing about a Souls game just kept happening and the, and the straw that broke the camel's back for me is like okay I've already been playing for a couple of hours it's getting late and I, I cleared this area and I don't know where to go right that again it's not a deal breaker it's just one more thing that's like well You know, (laughs) I was like, I remember this in Dark Souls as a streamer. I looked at chat and I was like, where am I supposed to go? The game doesn't really tell me. And they're like, well, you know, you got to go back and up this corridor and through these stairs. It's like, oh, I got it. I, I see where I'm supposed to go. And, you know. I didn't have that, so I was like, yeah, I've played enough, you know, because I was just going to get to the next area and save it anyway. That's what I thats what I was going to do. I was going to get to the next area, likely find a Stargazer, save it, and then be like, okay, I'm done for the night. That satisfaction of, like, finding the key, you know, it didn't really land on me because I was like, oh, I can't remember where this, is, where this is. I don't know what this is for, you know. I've been wandering around this place for, you know, an hour and a half, two hours, and I don't know where I'm supposed to take this, so... oh, there was another big boss after the Mad Donkey in the demo? Huh. I think any game needs its own identity rather than a love letter to another game. Well, and in some, I think in some cases, Hilly, Lies of Peace certainly has its own identity. I think the combat, I think the the combat systems with the Legion arm, I think the combat systems with how Stagger works, I actually think it's very much its own identity. I do. I think the negative review missed that. The negative review, he totally missed that aspect. Cuz he's sitting here talking about the game and he's like, you know, stagger's not well incentivized. I was like, "What?" I I was like forcing myself to do stagger. I wanted to get good at it. I want I'm sorry. I didn't I didn't say that right. He said that blocking wasn't properly incentivized. And I was like, "Yes, it is. Blocking is amazing." If you can land consistent perfect blocks in a fight, it's really, really rewarding. Like, you really, really feel that it's worth finessing the perfect block. And if you don't perfectly block, you still mitigate some of the damage and can get some of it back. You just have to land some hits on the person that just got, got some damage on you. I did. I liked that give and take. I thought that was really creative. And then they, they they put these guys in the world. This is like a mini boss where he doesn't have a name. But if you beat him, he won't be here next time. At least that's how the first one I faced worked. I'm assuming that's how he works. Um, and see, he's going, he's going, he's trying to stun. This guy's trying to brute force the stun. This guy's, this guy's perfect blocks are so easy because he has these big winds ups. These telegraphs are so readable. <clears throat> And right there he did that differently. So he didn't block that. He he hit him before he hit him before the hit came through, which successfully did two things. That's not how stagger typically works. So you're going to notice what he does here is he actually successfully staggers him, white bars him and staggers him down in one swing cuz he does the charged attack. The way I was doing it is if you perfect block enough their bar gets white now you hit them with a charge attack and they'll go down and then you can get the big flurry on them so I do think that the blocking adds a nice layer I think of, of risk and reward <clears throat> if your souls like is successful in creating a new identity in combat then it's a good souls like in my opinion yeah I think in a in a in a sea of games doing souls like combat like Tymesia did some pretty cool things i think timesia had had some good good ideas and some good combat things that they experimented with and i think lies of p is also i think is is quite good in in the realm of combat and and in the realm of uh, of innovation can the enemy block you i believe so Actually, they might just be the enemies that kind of... No, there are enemies that can block you. There were these guys with these big long swords that they start... They they hold the sword up and they'll block what you're doing. Some of the enemies just stand there because if it's a boss, you're chiseling away at their health. They don't really care. They'll just kind of stand there and then they'll they'll eventually swing on you. But some of them, yes, uh, they can block you. Tymesia was lower quality than Liza P. Yeah, I would say Liza P is a more complete package, like art style, world design, enemy design, even the combat itself, I think is quite good um, in Liza P. I thought Tymesia was good, but Tymesia feels more like an indie game. This feels more like an in-between. Like, Liza P feels like it's it's more of an in-between. It's not an indie game. It's not AAA. You know, it's like a double A. It's like, right, it's like more in the middle. So here's this guy. This guy, I didn't get to this guy. This this fight, I'm sure is going to be amazing. They're giving this guy a nice little, nice little intro here. Oh, his head can flip. That's creepy. <clears throat> Let's see how. I want to see how large he is in the arena, as far as like how much. Oh, he's taking up that whole center area. Skillet really liked it. I think there's a lot to like. It's a scrapped watchman, Oh, he's like crawling around. Okay, big wind-up, big wind-up, and unblockable, perfect block needed, he doesn't perfectly block. Okay, yeah, this was like a good fight. I think this is one of the reasons people have praised it. You can see why the game is more approachable than other Souls-likes because the the attack telegraphs are very very readable even in your first time they're extremely readable you know when you almost know when the attack's coming now that was a bit of a flurry but it was still very readable and see he's he's taking he's taking the path of dodge right and he got him he got him he got him stunned He successfully staggered him. So he's using a particular play style. He's using the billy club and he's using dodging and big windups. I would not do that. I would go for perfect blocks because I feel like some of these telegraphs are pretty easy. Now, not the one that he just did. The swipes on the ground were pretty fast, but the big windups up top, I'd be perfect blocking this guy and trying to stagger him that way. That'd be fun. it looks like he can, oh that's a pretty big area of effect uh, slam that he just did I wonder what happens if you perfect block when he first lands on that, there's the electricity still on the ground though, I wonder if it still hurts you yeah see when you when you rely on dodging he's given up so much so much space there he's having to do full retreats on those flurries instead of just going block 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 it's a, it's like a, it's like a three block with a faster rhythm on the back too block block oh that was only a double block yeah P's character looks really well animated. Yeah, yeah, I think the animations in the game Oh, that was actually pretty dope. Oh, he's gonna get him here. He's gonna get him. Yeah, he got him. That was a good fight. That was a good fight. No more health. Le- oh, he had one heal left. Eliminated. That was a good fight. That was a good fight. That You can see, though, why people are, that's where the praise is landing. People are praising the combat, people are praising the bosses, and they're praising the approachability of the game right? If Pinocchio is made of wood, electricity should not hurt him. Well, he's not made of wood. He's like, he's half, um, he's like half, he just has like a robot arm. Well, maybe not. He might have more to him that's not. Dodge, dodging is useless. Parry or block. I mean, this guy, this guy that we just watched play, he relied almost entirely on dodging and heavy attacks, and it went pretty well for him you have different classes just one dude called p well you have three different fighting styles there's balanced there's like a heavy and i forget the name of the other one and when you choose one of those three weapon types it obviously is going to change your fighting style and but you're always playing as as pinocchio there's not like other people to play as. You can really make Pinocchio look crazy too. There there are some really really wild outfits you can wear and you can make yourself look nuts. There's like this mask from like the very first boss you can wear and yeah, you can make yourself look like a crazy person. Like some kind of a fair attraction or something. That was the last boss of the demo. I remember the demo having issues where they patched the dodging, they fixed it but it was after the demo. And I remember I got into a couple of fights where the dodging just wasn't doing what I needed it to. And I wish I would have gone back and just primarily focused on perfect blocks because I think perfect blocks are really satisfying in this. Uh, but sadly, because of the issue with the dodging, I was like, well, if they're addressing it and they're saying like it's an issue and they're going to fix it, then I'll I'll just play it once it comes out. That was That was the main reason I put the demo down. There's balance, strength, or dext. Those are the three you can choose from from the start. That's it. You can lean into any build weapon. As far as I know. How's PC performance? I don't know. It's still in early access. I played on PS5 and didn't have any issues. Perfect block is definitely the way. Sane is saying that the performance on PC is really good. I didn't see any complaints about... uh, I didn't see any complaints about performance anywhere. The complaints I saw were generally centering around the... There were complaints about the guy that gave it like a 2 out of 5. Again, his complaints of the combat seemed to stem from the fact that he didn't understand it. Which I thought was interesting. I was like, if you go and look at my, my show open... I talked about how the first guy had reviewed Elden Ring and the second person we went to was Lauren from, um, who, who did she write the review for? I can't even remember. It was, it was Game Informer and then it was PCGamesN.com. So it was Game Informer, PCGamesN.com, and then it was, uh, VG247. And she hadn't reviewed Elden Ring. So I thought, well, maybe she's going to be critical because of the difficulty or something. And no, her, her reasons for saying it was more mediocre was like art style, like the story didn't really land on her, the voice acting, like hers was more of like an aesthetic vibe criticism than like uh, a difficulty thing. Yeah, so according to the critic reviews on Metacritic, Liza P has an 84 on Xbox, an 82 on PC and an 81 on PS5. And he says, Game Pass Effect. It's a quantity effect more than anything, Eugene. I would expect that 84 to drop if the, if there was 45 of the reviews instead of 15. They have one-third the amount of reviews as PlayStation. So as the quantity of the reviews go up, the score goes down. That's why I said I don't even know if Lies of P is going to be able to hold on to the 81 that I saw. Because it's like, I think the more people that review this, the more it's going to land in the mid. It's going to get... You know, sevens and stuff. Haircut, yes. Emissary says, don't forget to like the video. Yeah, guys, solid turnout for a Monday. Gaming news is, is slowed down a teeny bit in between the Nintendo Direct and the PlayStation Showcase and the Cyberpunk stream. It slowed down a little bit, so we wanted to retreat back to this and say, hey, let's give you a review roundup, a Lies of P review roundup and uh the tokyo game show is happening this week but it's like happening super early in the morning so if anything major comes out of that we will cover it so make sure you're smashing like help us with the daily member goal william brimmer jumps back in as a member give me one second i got to open the office door it's like so cold outside that the AC's not kicking on I keep forgetting to leave the office uh, door open. Look at who's reviewed it there on Metacritic. Why would I look at that? It's a quantity thing in my mind, Eugene. 45 critic reviews for Xbox, 45 on PlayStation 5. That, to me, feels like you've got way more people reviewing it, which is going to lower the score. I think that always happens. Like... not, not always, but I think inevitably the more people review a game, the harder it is to maintain the score it, I said that about uh, Starfield on Steam when it was at like an 86% I said, well that's only 12,000 people let's wait a week, well look what happened, it dropped 10 entire points on Steam, it dropped from 86 to 76 look at the balance I, I don't understand, what do you mean look at the balance positive 38 people gave it a positive four gave it a mix and one gave it a negative i'm not sure what you mean it has an 81 out of 45 i'm not i I don't i don't get the point that you're driving out you have new you have neutrals at eight and xbox outlets at 90 plus oh you mean look at the actual outlets that reviewed it or whatever I mean that certainly is probably playing a role that when a game lands on Game Pass, Xbox outlets are going to give it a more favorable score because it's seen as a value to Game Pass. They're like, not only is Liza P a really cool new game, but we we didn't have to we didn't have to we didn't have to buy it. Cyberpunk embargo drops on the 20th. Really excited. The day after is when you can get 2.0, right? It's the 21st when 2.0 gets pushed out. Top five are all Xbox centric outlets. I mean, Game Informer is not an Xbox centric outlet. Neither is Gaming Trend. What are you talking about? I mean, this is the 81, though. I don't see Xbox centric outlets on this link. These are Oh, these are all the PlayStation 5 reviews. I'd have to see the link to the to Xbox. That link is only taking me to the PS5 it seems. Oh, oh wait, hang on. Yeah, these are all PlayStation 5 reviews on uh, on Metacritic. Oh, so Windows Central gives it a 100, Somos Xbox gives it a 96. Xbox Air gives it a ninety-five. Xbox Tavern gives it a ninety-five, and then the minute you go elsewhere, you get Deserto and the Gamer giving it an eighty. I see what you're saying. The link didn't give you my filter. Yeah, I didn't give you the. It didn't give me the filter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, I mean, I do think that's going to be a that's going to be an effect, and. at some at some level is that a problem like if you're on an Xbox and you go to an Xbox outlet for a review of Lies of P and they give it a more favorable score because of the fact that it's on Game Pass doesn't that resonate with the audience that's going to those sources anyway they're like well yeah you know i you're i'm going to be more favorable if i didn't pay for the game I'm going to be a little bit more tolerant of stuff. I don't know. It cuts both ways because if a game is not particularly good and it lands on Game Pass, I feel like the user base can abandon it a lot quickly. A a, a lot faster, I'm sorry. You see what I'm saying? Like, if your game is not very good and it lands on Game Pass, that's that's almost worse because then people are like, there's no reason to play this. And if Liza P is getting stronger scores from Xbox centric outlets because they're linking the value of the game to the value of Game Pass and at least at some level well then they're going to that that's going to resonate with an audience that's thinking about that No run it creature because the real reason they're doing this is still tied to mobile the POV of the video still stands they can walk back as much as they want. I, 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 we're running that piece because I think the real reason what they're doing is has been discovered, and I, and I actually leave room for that in the video. I say even if they walk this entirely back, it doesn't matter. They've been exposed. So I made sure in the video to leave room for that. I was anticipating Unity walking stuff back. Yo, the green monster with a five bomb on the channel taking us to 25 members thank you so much for doing that guys make sure and say thank you to the green monster a white badge gifting a five bomb man that is something gotcha yeah i was anticipating unity adjusting their position and so even in the video i was like it doesn't matter they could walk this all the way back doesn't matter so you should inflate the score of a developer's product because of the business practice of the platform. Yeah, I have a Unity vid coming today. I believe we have discovered the real reason and really what they're trying to do. Yeah, you mean taking us to 20 members? Sorry, sorry, I misspoke. Yeah, Green Monster takes us to 20 members with his with his five bomb. Thank you so much. That's going to put us really really close to 2600 members, I think. Cuz we were we were like we we're like in the mid 2500s putting the 3 uh 3000 in within reach. The this is the this is the first goal that we're working on right here is uh is fight night with madam and myself. I like the new member goals transition slide out thing. Yeah, yeah, creature design those, Is they like little they're like little homemade alerts that we came up with. Am I going to be playing the first descendant beta? I don't know. I've not enjoyed covering that game, so I'm not sure. I don't like covering anything that goes in the direction that that game's coverage goes. It's irritating. Hours of work and research turned into a 20-minute dismissal. Uh, What's a non-Game Pass Xbox user supposed to do? Yo, what's good, Broken Lobo? I mean, I don't know what you mean, Eugene. I, I don't know what you mean. I mean, in my mind, again... I'm not saying that they should give it a better score. I'm saying, is it really a problem? Everybody knows what's going on. It's not like you go to that review score and you see Xbox in the name and you know Liza P lands on Game Pass and you're like, well, you know, another five bomb coming in from Lord Finesse. There it is. It's going to be a race for the agent of chaos. That's our first 25 achieved. Thank you very much, sir. Like, we know what it is. We know what it is. We're like, yeah, it got a better score. You know. I'm going to run with the title, Unity Price Change Motives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. I'm getting at the motives behind what they're doing, uh, Creature. And I left room. I was like, yeah, they could walk this back, and I know what they're doing. Yo, Side with 21 months. Can you blame the Xbox guys for high score? They're just happy to get consistent games. Well, but again, I don't think that's what's going on. This is not... This isn't a tribalistic issue. This is not a tribalistic issue. If you're on Xbox... And you're looking at Game Pass as a central part of the identity of the platform. And a game like Lies of P comes out. And you're like, yes, this game is an 8.5. But I'm going to bump the score to 9 because it's on Game Pass. I didn't even have to pay for it. Right? Right? I'm not saying that that's a justifiable way to score a game. I'm not. In the grand scheme of scoring games, you that's, no, you're not judging the game's quality at that point. So I'm not saying it's legitimate. I'm saying it's really not that big of a problem. We know what it is. It's an Xbox outlet inflating a game's score because it's on Game Pass because they're attaching the game's quality to the value of Game Pass. Ergo, the score gets bumped. The reason I don't think that's a huge problem is the lion's share of the people that are going to go to an outlet like that are likely on Xbox, they're likely on Game Pass, and they probably agree with that sentiment. They do. Just like all of the Souls guys that were in here debating me, you know, about, no, that's okay. Maisie, you know, nondescript pathing and, and and hiding hiding things from you and not making it clear where you're supposed to go that's totally fine because that, that's, that's what Souls games do right well you're giving a game a, a higher mark on something that other games would get criticized for and you're doing it simply because well that's the genre don't you see it's very similar it's like well that's what Souls games do so it's okay it's like but so if another game does that is that okay like we, we, we're critical of that we're critical of that in other arenas but you're not critical of it when it's a Souls game I think that's very similar to being like well it lands on Game Pass so I'm going to give it a slightly higher score because you know that makes the game more favorable in my mind I don't think that's a legitimate way to review a game but I think it makes sense it's like that makes sense why you would do that <laughs> ergo this really is Eliza Stream. Oh, I think I said Ergo. Is it pronounced Ergo? I had the volume down when I was playing because I was sitting next to my wife. They're just boosting it so they can say, the best place to play this game is Xbox. Just look at the ratings. Well, I I just don't care about that fight anymore. Like I don't care if somebody on Twitter is going to run to... This is a perfect example of what happens when the white bar makes you stupid. Okay, watch what he does. Watch what he does. So he gets the white bar, he makes space, and he does a wind up, and he pays the freaking price. That right there is why the combat in Lies of P, I think, is really, really creative. Like it, it, it pits your, it pits your own investment against you. You're like, oh, I got him, I got him. Even right now, he's he's he, he's succumbing to temptation because he wanted that big hit. And he got it. See, I didn't know that was going to happen. That right there is why I think Lies of P combat's amazing. Let me go back to what I was saying. I do not care about the fights on Twitter. I don't care that it, you know if, if somebody's going to walk out with a Lies of P Metacritic screenshot and be like, you know, Xbox Best Box, you know, and they're gonna be like, look, look, look at another game for Game Pass, an 84 or whatever. And if that's what they're going to do. Man, I just don't care. Like, if that's if that's making them feel better and that's making Xbox seem like a better platform for them, then great. Now, obviously, you could check their playtime in a couple of weeks and it'll probably be at two hours. But that's that fight that's continually going on is that people will sit here and brag about how great games are. I mean, I've seen some of the guys out there that were going incredibly hard in the paint for starfield and i have more hours than them and i've and i've already walked away i got between 10 and 12 hours and some of these guys haven't cracked past six who cares i just why why does that matter like i don't if you want to go and you want to get a score for liza p like yeah look it's higher on xbox and that's you know we we relate that to game pass I'm not going to defend it as a legitimate way to review a game, but I think we can understand it. Does that make sense? And pay attention to Liza P. Is it on all platforms? Yes, it is. The only thing... Uh, best thing to play on Xbox is yourself? I don't... That doesn't make any sense. This is actually a good win for Game Pass. I mean, we can say that. I think you can say that. This is a solid little game, and the fact that you can... Like, imagine... The fact that like Souls games are probably growing in popularity more than they ever have. Like they've always been quite popular, but you know, they're, they're going to grow in popularity as sort of a rever a reverberative effect of Elden Ring, right? Well, that's great. But then you're going to have games like this come out where somebody doesn't want to buy it, but they'd like to try it. They're like, "Well, I don't know," and that's a value to people on Game Pass. They might be like, "Bro, I thought that you know, Elden Ring was super dope. He's getting better at, at, at using that that uh, that baton to get those stagger stun bars filled. You know, that's a value to the Game Pass user to be like, "Well, I don't know. I don't know if I want to play another Souls game. Okay, we'll try this out." Now, I think that cuts both ways, though. I think that cuts both ways because what you'll then see, I think what you'll likely see, is you will see low completion rates on Xbox for this game. Why? Because if you don't buy it, it's a lot easier to put down a game like this when it's really hard. Like if it beats you up and spits you out, you get a couple of corny deaths or you get a couple of deaths that kind of irritate you well guess what you didn't who cares you didn't pay for it you're just trying the game out so I think that cuts both ways like it's a value to game pass users because they can try out a game that might be outside their wheelhouse but it also cuts back the other way and it's like you're not going to see high completion rates because it's super easy to put down a game when you've not paid for it you're like yeah <laughs> I mean I died a couple of times I thought it was annoying I got lost yeah I'm good and then you, you know you shut it off Um it's soul's identity. Them deciding not to hold the player's hand in Liza P is not bad. If you think there's another way, uh how could they do it? It's a different argument. Oh, I don't need my hand held. I don't need my hand held. It would just be nice when you get a an item that you needed to get to a new area. You know, a little reminder of where that is. That you know, that's minor. That's a minor issue. I'm not making a mountain out of that molehill. I'm just Once I got the key, you know, a little chingering from Jiminy about where we needed to go or something, you know, maybe a little trail. Oh, that door. Forgot about that door. Thanks, video game. That's not holding my hand. That's, hey, you successfully got through this entire area, navigated it, killed everything. You got this key. Just a little reminder, it's that door over there. we playing stock manipulation oh yeah the guy six days prior sold his stock yeah he he and the company needs to be investigated we have a video coming today about the unity situation um i looked into it did a little bit of research and i'm leaning on some other investigative stuff that's happened to uh to draw a conclusion how many hours to finish this game it lands in the 30 to 40 hour range Love to check the first and second boss achievements in a week or so. Yeah, I don't think you'll see a ton of people beat this game or get very far in it on Game Pass. I just don't think so. I think this is the kind of game that it's great for Game Pass for that reason, but it's also a game that people are going to throw right over their shoulder. Even Hi-Fi Rush couldn't avoid that less than 10% completion rate. That's right, because you install it, and you're like, cool, and... I don't know. Maybe I'm different. Maybe I'm projecting too much. But I'm way more likely to finish a game if I've paid for it. Way more likely. If I've not paid for the game, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be finding it a little bit easier to say. Uh, to, uh, it's easier to shrug at the game. It's like, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I tried it. It was pretty good. D- oh, here's the other thing. This is what I'll do a lot of times. I'll say... Oh, I can come back to it later. Yeah, Jiminy's in the game. He's on your hip. He's in the little lamp on your hip. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, for me, I think sometimes that happens too. You're like, Yeah! There it is. The Agents of Chaos. It was not a race at all for Agents of Chaos. Thank you so much, Rob V. Everybody was really, really hesitant to try to snag that moniker, and Rob V takes it minutes later. You aren't projecting? Yeah, it's a combination of things. It's like, I also look at it and think, you know, I can get, I can come back to this later. Does that make sense? It's like, you know, I can do this later. I don't have to beat this right now. If you're not using Game Pass, how is this affecting people not using Game Pass? I don't understand your question. Free today. I know, right? (laughs) Very free, Rob. The other day, like, three people went for it and they all, and they all, you know, only one winner, but maybe that's why nobody wanted to do it again because they knew a bunch of other people were going to be going for it. Took care of our boy Ghostwood. This is why Game Pass is bad for gaming, in my opinion. It's easy to digest. Unchallenging content is what will be pushed out. Yeah, but Hi-Fi Rush wasn't challenging at all. It was fun. My daughter beat it, for crying out loud. She's nine. I helped her with a handful of sections. She beat 90% of that game to totally on her own. She figured out so many things. She was teaching me how to play. I think the completion rate on Hi-Fi Rush is because... I, I Again, I feel like you're dealing with a a culture of... I, I'm, I don't buy games, I try games... And I think they need to cha- I think I think they could properly channel that by saying again, this would be a whole tier level thing. This would be something on like Ultimate. You would basically let like every major title, every major game that comes out, you'd let them play it for two hours. And then if they want it, they can buy it. You would foster an ecosystem of purchase by channeling the very culture, by leveraging the very culture that you fostered. Think about it like this. Let's take Lies of P as a test case. Let's say in the first two weeks that Liza P is out, let's say 1 million Game Pass subscribers tried out. A million, okay? Let's say out of that million, you know, half of them are like, dude, I'm going to keep going. This is pretty good. And the other half are like, no, thank you. Well, in in a game trial scenario, what that does is it creates then only satisfied customers because only the people that buy it and continue with it have tried it enough to determine that they want to buy it do you see they they have fostered a culture that would lean right into this they'd lean right into it it would be like what you would essentially say is is you would say we are still going to do day and date with all of our first party titles But bigger releases like Lords of the Fallen or Lies of P or Immortals of Avium that are third party, what you would do is is you would put those on Game Pass Trials. Because those aren't first party, right? Now you're creating a good dividing line between third party and first party. First party, day and date, baby, day and date. And then third party would be, you get to try it. Try it before you buy it. And that creates a funnel of people that are only buying the game because they enjoyed it. And they're more prone than to be satisfied with their purchase. I play this game for 20 hours. What else can I download and play now? Yeah, but I don't even think a lot of people get to 20 hours. Is there an easy mode? No. Treble Champ. This is being described by a lot of the reviews as one of the easier or more approachable Souls games out there. I actually think if if Liza P is too tough for you, then I don't know if you could have it. Your only inroad into Souls games if Liza P is too hard for you. I think your inroad, your best inroad, would probably be Jedi Fallen Order and Survivor, because you could play those on normal and then up the difficulty incrementally to see if you can start to get to a better place of, like, just basic reaction time, getting better at you know re- reflexes with dodges, parries and blocks um, if you can't get to that place you're you're never going to enjoy these games because you're just you're always going to feel that that futility. You're going to go up against a boss and die 5 or 6 times and be like, "Yeah, I don't like these games." Right? I remember the first time I played Jedi Fallen Order, I forced myself to beat the big frog because I knew if I did, I knew it would give me a a, a mental like a mental Inroad, I knew it was like I'll be able to enjoy this game a lot more because I be like I beat that stupid frog like I would I it, it boosted my confidence basically off the grid gameplay trailer off the grid showing a lot of promise uh, I saw Doc played it he seems very very uh, impressive so I'm, I'm sorry not impressive he seems impressed by the graphics he thinks that they're impressive but we'll see where it goes It's an interesting concept. It's a story baked into a battle royale. So, but he, uh, I watched his video over the weekend. I finished Sekiro and this game feels harder to me. I don't know why. What? You think, you think this game's harder than Sekiro? I, I mean, it could be something as simple as, it could be something as simple as like struggling with the, uh, the rhythms, I, I mean, I'll, 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 I'll readily admit that that the rhythms in this game are a little, are a little tough. There is, uh, there's a cadence to the fights, there's a cadence to the the, 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 dodging and the parrying that, um, I mean, I think it suits the game. It's very mechanical. It's very syncopated, and I, I think it fits the setting. All these robotic puppets. Um, I think it's I think it's quite good but again I could see why that might you might you might not vibe with it because you'd be like yeah I I can't if you can't get into a lane with it kind of like the guy who you know clearly didn't understand the blocking it's like I'm not surprised he didn't like it because he didn't understand one of the core mechanics of gameplay. And I think that's that's always going to be a barrier. And I mean, I've been there. Certain things aren't explained to you. I remember when somebody said, for Madam Butterfly, someone in the audience said, hit her until she deflects. And that one sentence was like a key that unlocks Sekiro for me. Right? It was like a key. It, other people were trying to say that to me and they just weren't communicating it clear enough. That one sentence, like click, uh, it unlocked the door, and then I was I was in. I was good with Sekiro. I didn't really get demoralized or angry uh, until until Ishin. Like, I mean, I I'm not, I shouldn't say that. I didn't get demoralized until Ishin. I got angry. Obviously, it's a Souls game, but I made it all the Ishin, and I never once felt like, oh, I need to turn back. I need to turn back. I got to Ishin, and I was like, bro, I don't know if I can beat this guy. I don't I don't know if I can hang with him. You have to just get the timing. Sekiro is difficult until the timing clicks, and then you can literally be perfect. A new fight night over them trash UFC games. What do you guys want us to do? Fight night next. You guys got a little ways to go. We haven't had any big banger member days. Uh, we, we've we've slowed down a teeny bit. We're half we're past the halfway mark in September, so this is a good time to push because you're past the initial. Um, you're past the shock wave right we're the 17th although august 17th all the way to august 29th there's a lot of big days in there and those days are going to hit soon and so we'll have some big dips so if you want to put cushion against those dips you're currently at 2567 so Fight night is is well within reach at just the uh, at just the 3 different mentalities when I play games that I paid 70 versus for a game that I downloaded on a subservice as Jack says time to bring the a game versus let's just check this out and see if it sticks yeah yeah um I, I I do think that that mentality probably affects the completion rate of um I think that affects the completion rate of stuff where you you think to yourself uh, I there's no compulsion I don't know some of this stems back to the refunds that are needed on consoles in general because you could buy that you you could literally buy the game and play it for two hours and be like this isn't clicking with me give me my money back I mean that's what you can do on Steam you know fight night? Yeah, so we have three, we have incremental uh, milestones to go for now. Instead of like one big crazy goal, we have like incremental ones. So the first goal is fight night with Madam, where Madam and I play a game against each other. We just played Mortal Kombat, one against each other. That's for 3000 And then the one above that is 3500 That's fright night. You guys like when we play scary games. And then and then 4000 is game night. We'll play a game with you guys. You can actually play a game with madam whether it's fall guys or something else. So, those are incremental. So it's like every 500 you unlock a you unlock a fun stream. Um, oh, you guys are talking about an actual boxing game. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I thought you were talking about the actual incentive, the goal. There's a counterpoint where you generally only play set you only pay 70 for games that you're already excited about, but on Game you can try out Game Pass you can try out anything. Well, you can't try out anything. There are plenty of games that don't hit Game Pass. Um, but I think your other the other part of your point is true. That you're more likely to spend $70 if you know you're going to enjoy the game, which means when you spend $70, there's a higher probability that you're going to complete said game. Yeah, I think I can agree with that. There's going to be some correlation there between game completion and game uh, achievements when you're like, well, yeah, I spent 70 on it. I'm not finishing it just because I spent 70 on it. I spent 70 on it because I was pretty confident I was going to enjoy this game. Sorry, off topic. Any shows coming up for a re-review of 2077? Yes, Lyle. The current plan is, I wish they would have done this a little bit further out, but on the 21st, my afternoon stream will be starting a fresh game in Cyberpunk with the 2.0 and we're going to try and go the distance with that you need to play for I believe about 10 hours in order to get to where you can play Phantom Liberty and then what I'll try to do is I'll try to play Phantom Liberty on the launch date as well go to the new area enjoy try to enjoy the new story and everything so I'm hoping I can enjoy the game it's always been a game that I've wanted uh, to enjoy, and haven't been able to. I don't think you can foster a culture of purchase now that people have experienced Game Pass. They would likely just play less games than to pay more money for games than they currently are. I don't agree with that. I think what you would see is if you create a clear dividing line between... No, I don't have my old save file. I don't. It, it's gone. I don't know what happened to it. Um... I think if you have a clear dividing line between the, all first parties are day and date, all first party games are day and date on Game Pass, and then you do have some third parties that are day and date for sure. But you have this whole other section where every major release, every other major third party release goes on Game Pass trials. All those people that are trying games right now would keep doing that. They'd be like, "Oh, think think about Lies of P." I think the same amount of people, if not maybe even more, would try it because they'd be like, oh, it's a trial. I can try it out to see if I like it. That's a value that I get on Game Pass. And then only the people that liked it would buy it. I think that's that's generally where you want things to land. I don't think you want games constantly being in the try bin with no motivation at all to buy. Does that make sense? This isn't really a Game Pass criticism. This is more of a suggestion of like, listen, I think you've got plenty of people in the funnel and that's how they treat Game Pass. They treat it like a trial system. Listen to how people talk. They're like, yep, I, that was great. I got to try out Lies of P and I didn't like it, right? I think I think that right there in and of itself, it, 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 it really speaks to how folks are using it, and I think you could leverage it. I'm talking in general, as in if Game Pass stopped offering games for free. Oh no, but I'm not making it that extreme. I think that pendulum swing would backfire. You can't do that. I've never suggested that. That would backfire. 100%. What I suggest is, you go from, you know, what it is now, to a new category gets added on. You know? you would say something to the effect of, like, not every game can go on Game Pass, introducing Game Pass Trials, right? We're still going to have all of our first-party titles hit day and date. We're still going to have third-party games that hit day and date. For everything else, there's game trials. You get to try the game out, and if you like it, that's another great feature of Game Pass. Then you can buy it after the fact. I'll be honest, from the summary you had earlier, the game sounds very annoying. Well, I mean so I went on a little rant during the show open it wasn't like a I wasn't like it wasn't like a strongly worded rant it was just sort of a little bit of a rant and let me just read to you the things that all happened in close uh, succession alright just listen uh, 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 uh hang on where is it so what did I think okay here we go I said, I lost count how many times a hiding enemy around a blind corner jumped me from behind, or how many times a ranged character was in just the right spot to make a basic fight irritating, or an elevated ranged character above throwing down explosives, or getting stuck in a corner, or stuck on an object, or trying to swing in what feels like a hallway or a closet and hitting the wall while enemies can swing through each other and seemingly everything. I get it. You're a Souls game, but all of these things happen within the first hour after I got out of the hotel. I just started rolling my eyes at the idea that this is somehow a necessary thing or creative. It feels like when your kid copies everything you say, it's funny the first time or two, and then it gets old. Like, all those things happened, like, I lost count how many times, like, I was like, oh, I'm gonna go do this thing, attack from behind. Oh, cool. (laughs) Like, they do it so much. They do it so much. And it's not a big deal. <clears throat> it's just kind of a been there, done that. It's like, wow, you, a blind corner. Cool. <laughs> like, I'm supposed to play this game like this. Like, huh, like, huh, like every corner. Huh, 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 like, I'm supposed to check around every corner. It doesn't, That that's not, that's not game flow conducive. I get it. You wanna play a little trick on me every now and again and have somebody jump out from behind and slap me in the back or stab me in the back, okay. They do it numerous times. It's like, bro, I'm not checking every corner. That doesn't, that's so halting, you know? (laughs) Pretty effective analogy. That's what it feels like. It's like, yeah, you got me. (laughs) Oh, you got me again. Third or fourth time, you're like, can you just fucking quit? Like, stop. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? It's like it's when somebody takes a practical joke, you know, three or four times too many. It's like, okay, you got me. Cool. You're yeah, you're real funny. Ha ha ha. You know, in the third or fourth time, you're like, bro, <laughs> quit it. <laughs> Knock it off. <laughs> I have problems with Game Pass, but subservices do have a purpose, especially for game preservation and backwards compatibility. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that a subservice is good for game preservation. Now, for backwards compatibility, sure. Game preservation? What do you mean? It's not you don't own it. Now you can access it, but it's not. It's I mean, it's preserving. I guess you could say it's preserving making the game accessible and playable. But that's the concern is what if everybody does what Nintendo's doing? You like all these classic games? Yeah, these classic games are pretty awesome, aren't they? <laughs> It'd be a shame if we put them behind a sub wall and you couldn't buy them. Like, you think you you want everybody doing what Nintendo's doing? I certainly don't. You know what I'd love to be able to do? I'd love to be able to go buy a classic Nintendo game and then it's mine I'd love to be able to go buy a classic Super Nintendo game and then it's mine it's on my Switch I'd love to be able to do that it's not available I gotta pay for a subservice and then the minute I stop paying for that subservice I lose access to all those games so yeah they're preserved but it's almost like a hostage situation no archivist would say streaming or subs are good long-term solutions to the problems of lost media. Right. Eventually you can't buy them anyway. Why? Do you, do you have a good reason? I can't think of a good reason. What's a good reason to say you can't buy this original Nintendo game? We got it. We got the software. You can install it on your Nintendo and play it. Yep. Mm-hmm. But no, you can't have access to it if you're not subbed to the service. What? <laughs> you have it. Sell it to me. No, we don't want to. I, I think that's one of the dilemmas. That's one of the threats that subservices pose is you can create this amazing catalog that's inaccessible. What do you mean formats change? Homie, I just told you right now that they have the games. You, you can install it and play it what do you mean the formats change there's a ton of regular Nintendo and Super Nintendo games right now that you can play, a ton of them of course the format's changing I'm not using a cartridge but why can't I go to a storefront and pay 20 bucks for the Legend of Zelda Link to the Past why not why can't I do that It's you have it It's right there. I can see it. (laughs) Disney's just now putting Mando on Blu-ray. And I wouldn't be surprised if going forward, Eugene, if sales aren't great, they won't even do that in the future. They'll be like, what's the point? What's the point if demand's low? Assuming the media itself has been publicly archived, then archivists will be more than happy to have it streamable or subscribable so that people can enjoy it. Why can't I buy the old Mario games for Switch? Yeah, like what if you just want to play like Mario one one, two, and three? You know? You probably would skip number two, but you know. <laughs> no, Super Mario Brothers three. Why can't I go buy that for twenty dollars? You've got it. You have it. Let me buy it. It's ridiculous. I think these are fair I think these are fair requests. That's why I don't think subservice is an answer to that problem. First, they would not put it out at twenty; they would put it out at fifty. Okay, you've completely abandoned the discussion. That you you've abandoned the discussion. Moments ago, you were saying that a subservice was great for game preservation. Now you're debating price with me. Don't you see how game preservation and subservice they're they're almost mutually exclusive in their intent. You, you see that, right? Like, I get where you're coming from. We all would like game preservation to be valued. We all want that. But at the same time, subservice is, is a sneaky way of giving you that sense of assurance and security. Hey, we're the good guys. We put all these really old games on this subservice. You can play them as much as you want and you just have to be on this subservice and you own nothing like that's not that's a dagger that's a dagger hidden from behind it's like they're like holding a dagger behind their back putting you know a piece of cake out and then you go to grab it and they cut you intend about to resell all the switch one games a 60 fps patch call it deluxe no I don't. Well, they might do deluxe updates like that. They might sell them. You may be correct, but they've discussed backwards compatibility. That's already been give. There's already been assurances made that they will use the Nintendo accounts, and an account level, they will maintain backwards compatibility. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to get increased performance. We'll have to wait and see what that means. Like, is there going to be a different version of Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom for whatever this new Nintendo is? I'll be able to play those games on this device. They made assurances in like an earnings call or presentation or something. He was talking about, Using the account system to maintain uh, backwards compatibility, and like I think he called it like a seamless transition. He used some type of a phrase like that. So they've already they're already planning for backwards compatibility, but they're not necessarily planning on just automatically giving you a boost in performance. Regulating demand—that's why. Remember that Marion Collection release for the Switch over a year ago. Nintendo released it in a finite marketplace window, clearly meant to drive FOMO sales. If Switch 2 doesn't have backwards compatibility, it's a very Nintendo thing to do. But they craft the bed. No, they've already discussed this publicly. They've already made assurances that that backwards compatibility will be a thing. We're, we're a bit off topic. We have about 30 minutes left before we go to the premiere about the Unity situation. Um, I'm curious how many people... Based on reviews, are you going to be trying out Lies of P, right? And I know Game Pass is playing a factor here, because if you're already a Game Pass subscriber, you're like, oh, I don't have to spend any money. I can go I can go try it out and see if I like it. Well, what about the people that actually would have to purchase it? Because I do feel the draw to go back in. Now, I, I would much rather go back to Jedi Survivor because I want to finish that game first, especially because the controls are different, and I kept healing by mistake in Lies of P as the button to attack in Jedi Survivor, uh, the button to attack is the button to heal, so I, that was a a frustration that I kept, you know, that muscle memory is always a a thing when you're going from one game to the next um, I wish (laughs) I wish games that had melee based combat would just all do the same thing, you know you'll play it eventually you'll get it when it's 50% on Steam um Really, I didn't know that. The last leak I saw about Switch Two from Hero was that backwards compatibility wasn't confirmed. There is a publicly verifiable earnings call or discussion where it was discussed. It was called like it was like a smooth transition um, earnings call. Smooth transition, backwards compatible Nintendo Switch. Uh, 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 uh. It's, uh da, 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 da. There were vague answers. Uh, could be. Nintendo says the transition to its next console will be a smooth transition. It's a big priority in their minds. So making it a smooth transition. Um. Uh, uh, uh. The question of whether we will be able to just as smoothly transition from the Nintendo Switch to the next generation of hardware is a major concern for us. Based on our experiences with the Wii, Nintendo DS, and other hardware, it is very clear that one of the major obstacles is how to easily transition uh, one hardware to the next. So I guess that's not a guarantee, but they did say that there would be a smooth transition. Nice haircut. All, oh, thank you, Christos. Not saying you're wrong, I just didn't know that. Yeah, I mean I don't want to read too much into the guy's statements, but it does seem like they're they're thinking about it and they're like, yeah, this needs to be a smooth transition. Cause you got a hundred and twenty nine million people to consider. I think they're in a different scenario. I don't think they can play that game anymore. You got hundred and twenty nine you got hundred and twenty nine million people that'd be like, what the frick are you doing? are you are you telling me a joke right now like people would be furious library continuity is is a deal breaker at this point we can sit here and say oh nintendo can do whatever they want Mm, i don't think so not there not there there's too many titles there's way too many titles Eugene says they showed Breath of the Wild on it. Yeah, the current rumor is that they showed it with Breath of the Wild on it, so if the Breath of the Wild demo was being displayed on the new Switch, we can assume it's at least backwards compatible digitally, uh, hopefully physically as well. No backwards compatibility in digital age would be absurd. Yeah, I don't think it would fly. And the fact that they're already considering it and discussing it and saying, you know, smooth transition's important, you know, I would imagine that that's that's a major part of the discussion like yeah we can't do what we did last time we're in a different era now right they're in a they're in a different era I tell you what their biggest obstacle is gonna be is gonna be they have a large large uh, consumer base that loves to buy physical and I think that's gonna be a big obstacle for them I think it's gonna be a big obstacle for them because you know uh, Or Making that you know compatible, I think is is gonna is gonna cause issues. The actual the actual uh, little little physical little physical things themselves, the physical the physical games themselves, I think will be an issue. You'll almost have to put a separate insert on it because the rumor is that it's going to be different. most of the reviews are positive please tell me this the name of the stream is bait it's not bait at all they're mixed the reviews are mixed it has an 81 out of 45 playstation reviews that's not mostly positive that means there's scores pulling it down i saw a two out of five i saw 70s i saw 75s i saw nine and a halves i saw tens homie that's mixed when the range is as high as a ten out of ten and as low as a two out of five, as well as even some sevens, that's mixed. Those are mixed reviews. When you have to when you have to fight to find anything below like an eight or an eight and a half, well then you could say no, they're not mixed. It wasn't hard at all for me to find reviews that were like in the sevens. Eighty five percent of the critics recommend it on on uh, on Open Critic. So it has a strong open critic rating, but not the strongest, where it's like orange. It's it's a good game, but the reviews are mixed. They're not not everybody's singing this thing's praises. A 2.5, The Jim Sterling review it? No, sadly the guy Sadly the guy that reviewed it, I honestly feel like his main issues stem from the fact that he didn't understand how the he he kind of misunderstood one of the major aspects of combat. So his review delegitimized itself a little bit. A little bit. Sorry, not a 2.5, a, a 2 out of 5. Sorry, I misspoke. It got, got a 2 out of 5. Yeah. I'd actually like to see Nintendo come out of nowhere and plant their foot firmly on Microsoft's and Sony's butts. Yeah, I mean, I'm... I'm I like the idea of Nintendo suddenly being able to market on power. You can gift a member on YouTube but not buy your own membership on iPhone? Really? Skill issues then? What was weird was the guy that gave it the lowest score gave a glowing score to Elden Ring and a good score to Jedi Fallen Order. So he's familiar with these types of games. He... It wasn't a skill issue. He misunderstood the incentive to perfect block because the incentive to perfect block is you get to stagger faster he thought oh the way to get to stagger is to land a bunch of heavy hits and it's like no I consistently pulled off the stagger mechanic in this game by perfect blocking so you know mixed is not equal to bad yeah I they're mixed reviews there are people that are singing it's praises as if it's a triumph and there are other people that are like "Yeah, it's a 7 that's a that's mixed. That's a mixed response. I don't think that that's... I think my my thumbnail and title are, are, are on target. Have I played the game? I have about three to four hours in the game. And the combat, I think, is creative. I think they added really cool elements that I personally like. I like the perfect block element. I like the stagger. I like the, if you block, but not perfect block, you lose some health, but you can gain some of it back. Um, I, think the, I think the flow of combat is very enjoyable. I also think the bosses are very cool. The general consensus is that this is a very approachable Souls-like game. It's, it's one of the easier Souls-like games that's come out. And you can see it in the boss fights. The, the attack telegraphs are very readable. You know when they're coming. It's very syncopated. Um, so, mix just sounds bad. It doesn't sound bad to me. It sounds like, oh, okay... Mixed means there's good and bad here. We're, okay, what, what's what's uh, what's the what's the consensus? What's the conclusion? It creates this idea of, all right. Well, depending on the type of player you are, this game might end up being a nine or a ten. If you're more like me, I you know I would probably currently give it like an eight. It's not a particularly strong eight, um, but. I have to quantify that. I have to have some caveats. I'm like, yeah, they kind of deal in some of the older Souls-like tropes, and I think it gets a little old. I don't think we always need to, like, perfectly lift things from older Souls games and just copy them. Um, If Nintendo releases Switch 2 and again resets their available digital library and trickles out games that have been available digitally since the Wii, I'll Be Furious, and Laugh. We forgot to put googly eyes on the character and a big red arrow pointing to the score. <laughs> We've created this 90 or above good. Anything below that equals bad. Liza P percentile rank. Yeah, I mean, look at this. I think this is a really, really good showing of exactly why it's fair to call this mixed. Like, it's there's there's not a bell curve trending in one direction. There's a lot of representation of scores and view and viewpoints on the game. I'll just change cap card here. Like look. You see you see this bar and then the five bars behind it? I'm saying like th- this would be like a more mixed game this is where a lot of games land so up here look you've really got to be exceptional to land up here so it's a part of this grouping here that's more, that's more of a mix once you get back here you're dealing with really you know really bad games poor games crappy games so it's a part of this chunk in the middle now it's trending toward the top of that chunk that's good Saying something's getting like a mixed a mixed landing, I don't think is a it's not a slam or a concern at all. It's you know, there there seems to be some inconsistent response here. There's not a there's not a general like, yep, this is an excellent game, like boom, it's all the way up here. It's also not a bad game, boom, it's all the way down here. It's more like in the middle. Eight out of ten ain't mixed. Some of those reviewers barely know what they're talking about. I don't I don't know how do you know they don't know what they're talking about? Easiest. This is one of the hardest ones. Every review I read said that the combat's really approachable. It's not overly punishing. Uh, people say the bosses are relatively manageable. A lot of people reviewing this said that there were only a handful of bosses that made them, you know, really fail a lot. The one guy said there was a small handful that he had to play over a dozen times, and the rest, that wasn't the case. That sounds like a pretty approachable game to me. Now, again, that's one thing that's subjective. If you're dealing with people that are very experienced in Souls games... They're probably going to have an easier time learning the rhythms and landing those perfect blocks. Like Sekiro fans, I would expect to vibe with the perfect block system pretty well. I loved Sekiro and I thought the perfect block was very very manageable. It felt good. I knew I knew when I messed up. It was like I missed time that. You know, I jo- I did it too early. There's a few bosses that are harder than most Souls games. I mean, obviously, I've not played the whole game, and that might be what they're talking about. The, the, the handful of reviews I read said that, you know, there were a handful of bosses that really, really kind of put them back on their heels. It needs tweaking in the combat, maybe in a patch. I definitely agreed with the one guy who said, when they knock you down, you stay on the ground too long. I 100% agree with that. The few times I got knocked down, I thought I was doing something wrong. I was like, why am I not getting up? I remember that in Horizon Forbidden West. It's like, get up, Aloy. They patched it in Horizon Forbidden West because they th- they felt that she stayed on the ground too long. I think you might see a similar patch in Liza P. He just kind of lays there sometimes. I'm like, bro, get up off the ground. So the people are saying it's not mixed or uh, only as good as an eight because unwarranted biased. What have you seen that makes it less than an eight? Because I've seen nothing yet in coverage of that. I mean, I think people giving it a seven are not necessarily saying it's bad. I think they're saying it's more mediocre in their mind. They're like, eh, it's pretty and it's got some cool stuff in it, but, you know, it's their first outing. I wouldn't expect this thing to to blow the doors off the year. They've not done a game like this before, so, I, you know, I, it landing in the more mid-range is not surprising at all. I wasn't having problems pulling perfect blocks. The secure experience definitely helped. You can, buy dodge, improvement in the P-Organ skill tree. Oh, like, get up faster? I never like when they do that in the game, though. So you're going to make combat flow poor or bad, and I'm supposed to mitigate that? They did that in Tymesia. It was like parrying was worthless, but then when you invested into extending the parry window, parry became incredible, and it's like, come on, it should be good out of the box. If I give it a 7, it's because it's fine. It's nothing new or special. 7's not even mixed. 2 out of 5's even worse. That's why I said it's mixed. I, th- there are people that are landing on the game and they're being pretty critical. There are people landing on the game and they're like, wow, this game's amazing. And they're like singing singing the praises from the heavens. And it's like, I, that to me is, I, I think that's worthy of the descriptor of mixed. When it's nothing but 8's and Ups, it's like, I, you can't call that mixed. But when I see a bunch of 7's, and even lower, I'm like, mm. this game's doing something. It's it's rubbing some people the wrong way. I question those people's taste for under eights. I'd have seen how they cover other games to respect it. Uh, the guy that gave it a two out of five, like I said, he gave a five out of five to Elden Ring. He gave a four out of five to Jedi Fallen Order personally, I think scoring things out of five is too small. I think that makes it hard. It's like if you want to take points off the minute it drops below a four it looks terrible. I think scoring games out of five is kind of ridiculous. At the very least, score it out of ten. If you score something out of five and you feel like you have to take a couple of points off, there's no room. There's nowhere to go. (laughs) It's like a four and a five looks good, right? An 80 or a 100. Everything below that, you're like, "Uh, what's the matter with this game? Do you see what I mean? I think scoring out of five is one of the weirder scoring metrics of reviews that are out there. Scoring out of 100, I think, is the best. I think that's the best. You've got way more wiggle room to be like, I'm going to give it a 77, you know, and here's why. Here's where I took points off. I love how we question under eights, but not above nines. Right? There's plenty of tens out there. Do you think Lies of P is is ten out of ten? You think it, it it's exceptional? It's excellent? You think it's flawless? Whatever word you want to attach to a ten out of ten. You know, uh, two out of five. is four out of ten. Redfall didn't even get that. People giving that that score are lacking brain ridges. The VG guy review was bad. His points didn't make sense. I I only read his review so that you guys could hear it. I was critical of his review. He didn't even understand how the base mechanics worked. He didn't understand why perfect block was incentivized versus just dodging. He didn't understand that getting an enemy to stagger is done multiple ways. It's not done just through hitting them a bunch. I am Melee with 21 months in a VIP. Great show. Keep it the great content. Thank you. You think the 10 out of 10 person is any less valid in their appraisal? Are the 10s out of 10s b- lacking brain ridges? Right. Like they just give it a glowing score. They, 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 they could be, honestly, a 10 out of 10 or a perfect score could be just as thoughtless as a guy who didn't understand the mechanics of the game he was criticizing. <coughs> Jez Corden says Xbox would be better off separate from Microsoft when it comes to consumers outside of Xbox. Microsoft doesn't have a clue what it's doing. Yeah, Microsoft also doesn't have a clue what it's doing when it comes to managing software development for video games. They're good at software development. Well, that's even debatable with how many crappy versions of Windows they've spit out. But their their approach to software development is terrible. It's toxic to creative. I, I think Microsoft is is horrendous at, at, at video game ownership and management. I think Xbox if Xbox were to separate and be under leadership and ownership that purely understands video games, they'd be in a much better place right now. Microsoft is one of the leading problems. I always said in all my coverage this year, every time I got called a Sony pony, I said the biggest problem is people see Xbox and they love it as a brand, but they don't see the Microsoft behind the curtain. Microsoft is the cause of all your woes. Microsoft's the devil and you don't see him in the room. All you see is green and Halo and Phil Spencer, and you're like, yeah, I love Xbox. And it's like, Xbox ain't the problem, man. It's Microsoft. Always has been. 10 out of 10. A 10 out of 10 on a clearly not 10 out of 10 game is also someone lacking brain ridges. Well, at least you're consistent, Solemn. (laughs) At least you're consistent. That's one of the things we've talked about recently with review scores, is the edges are usually not justified right giving giving this game a two out of five giving lies of p a two out of five i don't know if you can justify that especially when you don't even understand the mechanics you're criticizing but the tens out of tens are also probably not justified either Eh, the game's got some flaws the game's kind of rough in some spots It dials in a lot of tropes right out of Dark Souls 3. It doesn't even try to hide it. It just copy pasta certain encounters, certain elements, and certain things right from Dark Souls 3. I don't think you can give a game 10 out of 10 when it does that. Okay, you guys got a great art style. You innovated on combat. But your level design, your maziness, the going back to the base to level up, surprising the character with haha, gotcha from behind attacks, you do that stuff too much. You're doing that too much. It's this isn't this isn't the first Souls game ever made. You gotta you gotta evolve on those things. You wanna do it once or twice as a hat tip to the games of old, sure. But in an hour, it happened to me numerous times. I was like, bro, come on. Copy and paste of greatness is still good. I would argue that making me go back to the hotel to level up, overusing the surprise mother from behind, overusing ranged enemies from above, I wouldn't say that that's good. I wouldn't say that's greatness. I would say that those were like identity markers of like a FromSoft game. They liked doing that, they liked irritating you. We don't describe that as greatness. It's, it's, it's more of a calling card of FromSoft than it is a quality marker. You really think it's a quality marker of greatness that they put some guy up on a ledge that you can't get to and he's just constantly raining down bombs on you? you? You think that's a mark of greatness? No, it's literally a copy-paste of encounters from Dark Souls. Like, I've done this before. It's not creative. It's annoying. There's no genuine challenge in it. You're just being irritating. Yes, I can get to him. I got to him. That's not the point. The point is, I've done this before. I've literally walked into an area, went to fight a guy, boom, got hit in the back. Done that before. I've gone into an area, went to fight a guy, and (laughs) some guy's raining down bombs on me. I've done this before. So, it's not creative. You said a guy you can't get to? Lone Wolf. You understand within the phrasing and within when I was saying it, you can't get to him. You're currently fighting guys down here. You got to go all the way around and find a ladder or ramp up. So no, you can't just go up there and get him. You got to get past everybody in the process. Someone attacking you from above where you can't reach out before Dark Souls. But that's the point I'm making. It's there are so many instances in both Dark Souls games. Dark Souls 3 did it quite a bit, and they did it a little bit in Elden Ring. So doing it one more time in your game, I think that's worthy of criticism. It's like, come on, man. You you gotta you got a world full of puppet people. And you, you couldn't innovate on level design and enemy, like, what, what enemy pain points you're going to introduce? I think that's fair criticism. Just why I think it's fair to praise their combat system, because their combat systems have, you know... I think, innovative things within it that make it unique. You can't play this game like Sekiro. You can't play this game like Elden Ring or Dark Souls. You have to play it like Lies of P. They built systems within it. That's why the one guy that gave it a 2 out of 5, it's like, you don't even understand why perfect block is so useful. Like, you want to talk about player incentivization, read the dadgum screen. They incentivized perfect blocking. And if you don't master perfect blocking really early, that's probably why you didn't have a good time. You're just dodging everything well that's going to make the fights take longer that's going to take stagger take longer you're going to expel way more stamina to get you're going to expel way more stamina to get stagger because you're relying on heavy hits to get there instead of relying on perfect blocks I saw no hint of him being purposely dishonest versus just not liking what he played The only problem with the outlier reviews is when they're being dishonest. Well, I don't think he was dishonest, Eugene, but I think it's fair to point out he didn't understand the mechanics. Red badge. Yo, my man Christopher Wright with a red badge. He doesn't even understand stagger, Eugene. He gets the details wrong. He does. I I, I blasted him for this. I said, well, I didn't blast him. I wasn't like unkind, but he says right here. No, that's not it. There, He's talking about stagger. He says there's stagger, which is meant to reward you for landing successful hits by opening your enemy up for a major attack that deals heavy damage. That's not true. That is not how stagger works. Stagger can be achieved in one of two ways. Lots of successive hits or heavy hits or good consistent perfect blocks and then they are staggerable their bar goes white. And now if you land a heavy hit on them, they go down on one knee and you can go up and flurry them. So, he's criticizing the combat and he doesn't even understand how it works. That was a major point of his criticism. Like listen to listen to the conclusion. It says, I appreciate the effort that went into the systems, the weapon systems, but the core combat just isn't good enough. You can't say the core combat's not good enough when you misunderstand the core components of how it functions. You you have a lack of information and understanding of the very thing that you're criticizing. It would be like me criticizing Sekiro and I never block or parry. I just try to dodge the whole time. Yeah, Sekiro's lack of iframes and dodges just really makes the gameplay unenjoyable. Like you moron, it's a parry based game. What are you talking about? You you can't play it that way and then criticize the core combat. So like, I don't, I didn't, I didn't go like, rantingly hard at him in in the show open, but I pointed it out. I was like, your main point of criticism is that the core combat's not good enough, and you don't understand the core combat. The core combat loop heavily leans on perfect blocks to get to Stagger, and he's trying to wail on guys to get Stagger, and listen to what he says. The window for Stagger is so narrow, and the attack animation so lengthy, I only managed to land it by luck. Maybe he doesn't like that it's block heavy? No, you're giving him too much credit, Eugene. I like Listen to what he says. He says... In Liza P, you can dodge, negating all damage. Invincibility frames are generous, so blocking is immediately made redundant, especially because it also costs stamina as well as health. Once again, he misunderstands player incentivization with respect to blocking. He was saying that the game doesn't properly incentivize blocking, and then that's how he describes it. It's redundant because it costs stamina as well as health. Not if you perfect block. And if you perfect block, it also gets you closer to stagger. So he misunderstands blocking. He misunderstands stagger. And he even admits he only ever managed to stagger an enemy by luck. I staggered enemies a bunch. A bunch. And it's super satisfying. It's probably the most satisfying thing in Lies of peace combat because you devastate them. If you kill them with the flurry that you do after, you I mean, they blast apart into pieces. It's, it's awesome. So, of course, of course he thinks the core combat's no good. He didn't enjoy the best part of it because <laughs> he didn't understand how it functioned. <clears throat> what do I think of the game? I enjoy the combat and the boss fights enough to go back, but I do feel it dials in and, and deals in a lot of Souls game tropes from like older games that I think makes it it makes the runway a little tough. That's all. Coming soon to a You can edit or delete live chat messages directly on YouTube delimiter disable super chat ah what is this feature that's coming we're we're going to the premiere in 2 minutes oh you can go back and edit your messages you creature i don't know if i like that couldn't somebody leave a nice review or comment and then go back and change it? He's the person called upon for per- first-person shooters and Soul's Legs. Yeah, yeah. He gave a 5 out of 5 to Elden Ring and he gave a 4 out of 5 to Fallen Order. It's not a skill issue. I'm not implying it's a skill issue. When he describes the mechanics incorrectly, that's the issue. He describes blocking incorrectly and he describes how you achieve stagger incorrectly. Looks like he didn't enjoy Armored Core. Armored Core 6 is the sort of messy and exhausting game from software stopped making years ago. Told you, Eugene. <laughs> I didn't cite his review because I thought it was good. I just said, here's somebody giving it a low score. You know? Here's somebody giving it a low score. All right, we're going to go to this Unity video. If you guys have been watching the situation with Unity, I have a video where I think I know what they're doing. I think I have deduced their motivations and what they're what they're trying to do, all right? And so We are going to go watch that right now. I'm going to redirect you there. If redirect doesn't work, use the link in chat. I'm also going to gift the five members that I owe you when we get over there. That gives you the maximum amount of time to hit the goal. Thank you guys so much for a strong start to the week. I will see you over there in that premiere. Let's head over there now. Click the link in chat or you can ride the redirects.